buddy. I uh, turned four. Right. I did. You gotta move it up. How's that? There we go. I am so excited to see everybody here. This is one of our biggest turnouts. Glad to hear it. I'm gonna call the meeting to order. How is that? You hear me? Does everybody hear me okay? Okay, great. I see people in the back, thumbs up. That's great. Thank you all for coming out tonight to the Providence Master Homeowners Association Board of Directors meeting. This is a meeting of the Board of Directors con to conduct business of the association. There are two homeowner open forums, one at the beginning to speak on items that are on the agenda, and one at the end to speak for any items related to the Providence Homeowners Association. You can bring forth topics that you wish the Board of Directors and Management to consider. Please understand that no action may be taken on said items unless they are on the agenda for tonight or are deemed an emergency. Also, in accordance to NRS 116, this meeting is being auto recorded. It is also being video recorded. Homeowners may request a copy of said recordings from management after this meeting. Uh, I know we all like the cell phone ringtones and stuff, so please make sure they are silented though for this meeting. And now let's stand for the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Uh, I am Walt Dietrich. I am the board president. To my left, we have Keith Chesley, Vice President. Neil Merrill, Secretary. Mark Myers, Treasurer. Colin Dell, Director. And to my right, we have our Community Manager, Larry Hartman. Larry, can you introduce your staff, please? Absolutely. We have the Director of Operations, Felicia McMillan. Lifestyle Director, Jenna Mooney. In the back is the Vice President of Client Fulfillment from CCMC, Jeremy McClain. Also in the back is our account manager from Securitas, Robert Anderson. Thank you, Larry. Hold on a second. Are there some folks over there who can't see? Can we? Are you guys okay? You can't see. You can't do anything about it. I mean, there's some standing room over here on the ramp, perhaps. We'd like you to be able to see. Yeah, there is less room on the ramp or in front of the ramp here. <laughs> or not. Proceed. Do you want to move? Okay, we're going to carry on then. Right. Okay, we're going into the resident open forum. You have a disclosure? Yes. So for the resident homeowner agenda open open forum, the agenda it was there was an error on the agenda that I did I made um, the agenda item action three A action items homeowner correspondence regarding regarding alleged violations of NRS one hundred and sixteen. That item should have read that uh, the association received correspondence alleging the Board of Directors is in violation of governing documents on our NRS 116.310313, item 2, NRS 116.310313, item 3, NRS 116A.621, NRS 116.311514, NRS 116.4109, NRS 116.31175, CCNRs 19.4, uh, and bylaws 
These complaints include the association collection policy outlines on the schedule fees includes 4A, reasonable management company fees, which may not exceed in total of $25. The management company fees currently charged are $25 for a reminder statement fee, $95 for 60-day pre-collection, and $45 for legal prep fee. The, association, the, the other item is the association has not released the Securitas post orders as requested by a unit owner. The next item is the association has budgeted $16,200 for community outreach. And item number four is that the association has budgeted $300 for logo wear polos for the board of directors. So that is what your agenda item should have read. Um, I apologize, it was my error, and so this is me correcting it. I can provide you. I can provide you with that information. Unfortunately, the agenda is required to be uh, finalized five days prior to the meeting, so that's why I cannot change it. Otherwise, I'd be in violation of another statute. So, so during the current open forum, if that was an issue item, how in the world was he ever speak on? So, regurgitate a word that you just said, and then mm -hmm. the lady over here asked you, could we get it right? So, how in the world could we possibly address an agenda item? And she just quoted a half a paragraph, sir. Mm -hmm. Understandable. No, no, no. I want understandable. I, I, that, is not, that is not an item I'd be able to answer, unfortunately. I, this is me explaining to you that I made an error and that this is me attempting to correct it. Um, if you'd like, your Nevada Real Estate Division, the Office of the Impudsman, would be able to provide you with further clarification. <laughs> okay. Is there a printer in here somewhere that you guys have networked to? that you can print what you just read off? After the meeting, I certainly can. So why can't you do it now during the meeting? So we're going to get into that because we're the ones that follow that. So we'll okay. explain it all. all right. Also, what statute, you just said that if you, if you updated it, you'd be in violation of the statute. What statute would that be? I'd be in violation of the association's documents. Okay, so I just wanted to correct that because that's not a statute. That's yes, thank you, Katie. Do you, so, with that well, being said. Yeah, we're going to go into the resident open forum. Uh, we as a board, we understand some of you have expressed concerns, and this is your first opportunity that we've had as an entire board to hear you. We appreciate your, your patience in this time, and now you will have your time. We ask that you limit your comments to three minutes each, and we have 30 minutes scheduled for this area of, that of the thing. The time limit is listed on the agenda. A time Resident limit of 30 minutes has been established. The time limit says, uh, Okay, sir. I'm, I say that at every meeting. Uh, sir, I say that at every meeting, and I've never enforced it. I let people go, and they talk to the board. We've we've been here for several hours before, and I have no problems with that tonight. Okay. I said we ask that you limit your comments to three minutes. Okay. All right. Uh, with that said, we'll open the resident open forum. Uh, when you address the board, please state your name and which community you live in, which sub-association. Ma'am. I'm Laura Chapman. I am with Rada. What? what? Microphone. Oh, do you have a mic? Yeah. Okay. Doesn't count on my three minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. So you. I'm Laura Chapman. I'm from Prada View. And what else did you want to know? That's all. That's it? Okay. So my, Thank you for my, being here. This is from my husband because I don't, it's not good at this. So his question is, 
What provision of the governing documents or Nevada law allows the board to create a program like TOPS? In other words, from where does the board derive its authority to take homeowners' money and spend it on the sole benefit of people who are not even members of the association? has not been finalized. Okay, but I mean, there, there's a loan to finish up Huckleberry Park too, that, but I mean, you'd think that we would, someone would have been sent out saying, hey, we're looking at, uh, has a, uh, I'm assuming that a contract has been selected to. Yes, we've done so discussed that all in open meetings. Sir. Okay, I'm, I'm but. I haven't seen anything come out that said what the amount of the loan is. And I've asked Larry and he couldn't tell me what it was. That's because it's not finalized, sir. If we end up not needing the loan, then it wouldn't be anything there. We don't know what the loan amount is. How do you have a budget for you? Oh, my time. Sorry. OK, 
Okay, and then just, just an FYI for homeowners, if you're aware of this, in the contract of any loan, the management company gets 1%. So if we're talking a million dollar loan, they get $10,000 for doing really nothing, doing their job. Would you like to address that? Yes. Okay. We have waived that. Okay, how do we know that? We put it in writing to the board. Okay, is it in the, any of the meeting notices or agendas? It's to the board of directors. Okay, it's you think that contract. might be in? Um, I'll let you finish. So I, I mean, if, if you'd like, we can have that conversation offline, but I will tell you that that has been put in writing to the board of directors okay. that we are waiving that fee as the management company. Okay. That, that's great, but the board should have, the board has a duty to let homeowners know that. Um, the security contract post orders that I've been told are confidential we can't have copies of. That's a violation of NRS 116-31175.1E. It says contracts must be provided to homeowners requesting it, there's no exceptions in the, in the statute. So and there's no such thing as, as a contractor coming in here and saying, oh, I own this part of the contract. That's that's ridiculous. If, if we do not get it, we're going to file a complaint with real estate. Because I'm just, I'm tired of, of dealing with um, this run around and from management. Uh, agendas, including the agenda tonight, uh, it says review and consider. I've noticed that it should say review, consider, and approve. Because consider is not the same thing as approve. On the minutes, it says that um, the action was approved by the board. The statute says it has to, you have to tell, if, if they were all unanimous approvals, that's great. If one homeowner or one director says, well, I'm not in favor of that, it's supposed to be noted that way in the minutes. So I would suggest you do that in the minutes. Either unanimous or what the actual vote was for each director. Is that not done already, sir? No. Look, look, at, look at the minutes. It is done. It doesn't say, it just says, Motion was accepted by the board. That doesn't say whether it was unanimous. It doesn't say who voted against it, because that's important. Okay. Do you guys have an investment policy? Yes, we do. Okay. Get all asked for that. Now, the management contract, the last time it was approved, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, you approved Exhibit A, which replaced Exhibit A, but Exhibit A conflicts with Exhibit B. So you got a problem because Exhibit A has prices for things that are also in Exhibit B and they don't match, i.e. late fees, um, NSF fee. And I'm, I'm assuming that when you had that contract, since we're paying CCMC almost a million dollars a year, I'm assuming that that contract, even the amendment or the exhibit that you had approved was run through legal counsel. I, I would hope so. I would hope so. The board members don't know? All of our contracts are run through legal counsels, so yes. If, ma'am, if I, when we sell in a contract, we of course have it run through legal counsel. You'll see in our meetings then, regularly, this contract has been approved by legal counsel. I, I didn't so, see it on this one. I, I read through all the minutes for the past year and a half. I saw it on one contract. That it said that that, that statement was there. Just one. Uh, what what does NAC stand for? Because I see that Neighborhood Advisory Committee. Okay. Okay. So the security contract was approved. The October meeting was reviewed by legal. Did legal tell you? Won't answer this. Whether you have to give out the post orders? Because I was told by Larry that was something you guys were going to discuss with legal and let yep. me know. So. If I request it, I'm going to get a copy of it? At this time, sir, no. Okay. 
we'll find out what the real estate division thinks about that. I'm sorry? There is a contract out there for security. No, he's asking about NAC. Oh, the Neighborhood Advisory Committee? Thank you. Oh, no problem. Neighborhood Advisory Committee is one of about five committees that Providence has. It's set up uh, with volunteer homeowners. Any of you can volunteer to be on that or any of the other committees. It, uh, rather than just the five guys up here making decisions about the, the community. Yes, sir? Uh, I was at the uh, annual meeting. Sir, it's, it's his I'm time. I'm sorry. If I may, would you yield okay. to the senator from Franklin Park? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. In fact, we should have some forms out tonight if you're not on the desk over here. Okay. Just, just to finish about the committees, and we're going to talk about them later. But again, rather than the five guys up here, there's committees of homeowners that help guide the board. They give suggestions and recommendations. Financial committee, neighborhood advisory committee, social lifestyle committee, the uh, design review committee, election committee, Huckleberry Park committee. Okay, the collection policy. Some of this has been brought up before. It, if you look through the policy, it's, it's got some real problems in it. Designated collection agencies. It says that you can, there's certain people that can act as, for, as collectors on, on behalf of the HOA. It has directors and it's, it also has bookkeepers. Directors can't act as collection agencies. You need to read the statute on that. And also a bookkeeper, you don't want a bookkeeper doing your collection unless they either work for the management company or their licensing collection in Due dates. It states in the uh, collection policy that your account's past due after the second date. So if it's due on the first, it's, it's mm -hmm. past due on the second. Mm -hmm. You're ceasing our state 30 dates. So I, that needs to be corrected. Um, the 30-day past due, the processing fee is not disclosed. And that, that needs to be disclosed. We sought legal advice from a, a very prominent HOA attorney that we work with all the time, and it's not disclosed. Not only is it not disclosed, again, Exhibit A and Exhibit B on your contract have different amounts. So which one do you want? Right, you mentioned that earlier. Okay. Yeah, also with 60 days past due, it says the HOA is charging interest. Are we actually charging interest? Yes. Is there, you know what the rate is? It is prime plus two. I mean, what it actually is? What the rate is? Yeah, because you have to figure it out every January 1st of July. Correct. That is done by our shared services team. Okay. I don't, I don't do the billing. Yeah, but you're, you're responsible for all the financial transactions. Of the Correct. So, yes, Scott, I, I, yes. Yes, it's prime plus two okay. in accordance to the law. Okay. I, I know that part. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Also, in the 68th passing, under that in the collection policy, it says failure to keep billing. Pure delinquency may result in acceleration of balance. Basically, if I take that, if my account's delinquent, you guys can say that I have to pay a whole year. That's not what the CCNRs say. That, that's not consistent with the CCNRs. Um, two, processing fee again is not disclosed. It needs to be, uh, I don't know why the board would want to hide the amount that they're being charged for a late fee, why it isn't listed exactly where it needs to be listed in collection policy. 
and it also needs to be disclosed. Two, unless the board should know this, is that um, when it comes to NSFDs, the bank is most likely charging the association an amount, and the association is getting charged for management uh, a fee, but it's not getting reimbursed for what the bank's charging the association. So you need to look at that. You're, you're paying management way too much for some of these things. Um, suspensions of privileges, membership privileges, if they're, they're in collection, a hearing needs to be held according to the collection policy. That's not required by the statute, just to let you know. Uh, payment plan, again, talks about payment plan. Fees aren't disclosed of what that payment plan is going to cost the homeowner. It needs to be disclosed. If, if we're going to do, if we're going to do transparency to let us homeowners know what we're going to get charged, it needs to be listed clearly in the collection policy. NSFD, again, it's not disclosed. Um, it also has a statement in there, board may immediately proceed with collection process if assessment is not paid within 10 days after owner sends notice, uh, the owner sent a notice of dishonored check. That needs to be clarified because it can't be sent immediately to collection unless 60 days have passed when it was originally due. Um, it, does the association have a Nevada service member's form that you guys send out for people that are in the military? Sure, that's required by law. Certainly. Is there an actual form? Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I don't know why you won't put it in. It's the, the Nevada Service Relief Act. Nevada Service Relief Act. The Nevada Service Members Civil Relief Service Act. Service Members Civil Relief Act. I don't know why that's not part of the budget stuff when you send it out. You have a statement in there, but it's not part of the budget. Okay. I knew there was something in there about it. For, for those that don't know, this is an act that went into effect about two years ago. No, um, that is provides relief for service members, active service members, that prevents HOAs from foreclosing on their home if they're behind in their assessments. It's a sort of way to um, put some leniency towards our military, all right? We all respect our military, and they get served overseas and such, and maybe worrying about their HOA fee is not first on their mind when they're in the middle of the Middle East, you know, fighting for our country. So. Well, the interesting thing is, too, is it's already covered in federal law, but that's... Mm -hmm. Okay, um, the, the balance sheet, I, I asked Larry on it. And also with regard to that, uh, that's not applicable in every case, and I think it gives the wrong impression. I mean, we all want to help the service people, but on the other hand, that is not applicable in every case. They have to make an application to it, and if they have the ability to pay, uh, they have to pay. So, no, that's not true. They have the ability well, to pay them. So we're not going to argue about homeowner, that. Yeah, the agenda open form is for, for comments okay. to the board, not to each other, please. Uh, the balance sheet. I asked Larry the difference. You, you have several assets listed on the balance sheet. I can't, it, it doesn't designate which ones are operating, which ones are reserved. I've asked him to clarify that. Basically, the response I got was, and I asked to sit down and talk to somebody. He said, the only people I can talk to are the finance committee and they're probably too busy to talk to me. So essentially I don't have an answer for it. And also, uh, concerning the, the balance sheet, under equity, it has it has equity for Oxford Place and I can't remember the other community. Oxford Commons and Easton Place? Yeah. Do they are, as part of the financials for Providence, or do they have separate bank accounts? They have separate bank accounts, both Why separate are, operating accounts and reserve and for each of those. How, how can I tell that looking at the balance sheet? Because it's not designated. Well, they have their own balance sheet. But then why are they listed for equity under the Providence one? It's a separate line item. But why? If they're not, they should be totally separate. They have their own balance sheet. And 
Well, they do have their own balance sheet, but it's less than their. No, unless it shouldn't be on there. So, for those that don't know, Oxford Commons and Eastern Place are two of the sub associations. They're not sub associations. They do not have their own board of directors like most every other one. Well, every other one in Providence does. Uh, they are governed by the Providence Board of Directors. Uh, when they were built by their builders, they opted not to have a sub association, but they're still within Providence. So, they're kept separate, uh, but they are governed by the Providence Board of Directors. Well, Irregardless, I'm going to be sending you guys a request to spell that out because it's not clear and I don't understand why that would be part of your equity when their accounts aren't part of the Providence uh, assets. It doesn't make any sense. One of the other things I asked Larry for was a job description of all the people that um, are part of the Providence team. Apparently, that's not anything the homeowners um, can have. I'm, I'm assuming that the board members have seen a job description for everyone that works. Certainly. People, uh, vacancies come up and they get posted online for people to go hire them. Okay. Is there a reason why the homeowners can't see that? I don't know. Is there a reason? Job, descript job descriptions are not a document of the association. They're a document of CCMC. So Since when? They have always been. So, so we are not employees of Providence. We are employees of CCMC, which is a contracted right. agent of the association. But if so. you showed something to the board, we should be able to see it. So if the board, if, if, if you the board go, has a job play devil's advocate with you, Mr. Scott. Huh? If um, the right view is our landscaper, huh? so when they go out to hire a new landscaper, should the job description be posted for the homeowners to see? No, but when you're paying the salary for all these employees. You should know what But we pay the for. salaries for the landscapers as well. You're, only, you're paying a company. You're not paying the individuals. We don't pay the individuals. We don't write checks to individuals. We pay CCMC, a management But you team. pay based on their individual, each one of them. So, so all job descriptions when open when positions become vacant are posted. So you are able to find them if you'd like. However, I am not able to provide them because they are not a document of the association. Okay. We'll, we'll let the real estate division figure that out. Um, and Tom's. So, Scott, with this in mind, can we get two more items from you and then we'll yield the floor to somebody else? Actually, Scott, Scott, you've got my minutes. Well, here's, here's the thing. This goes back to the agenda. You guys are saying it's 30 minutes for As soon as I looked at that, I, I knew you guys were going to have a problem with it. Because you I can't, have you can't sit up here I'm with trying like, to the same thing. I get anything going for an hour and a half. I'm, There's a I'm not going to. I'm just. Okay. My, my last thing is, is that uh, I'm not a, a fan of the top, that's top thing, too. And I think it may be discriminatory because there are there are um, laws out there about um, certain ages that can do things. It's kind of like the father-daughter dance. What happens if uh, the father's deployed and the mom wants to come with the daughter to dance? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a father-daughter. It's a daddy-daughter, mommy-mister dance. Yeah. Okay. It's open to anyone. Okay. Yeah. Just, I don't. I think you could show up yeah. even so if you didn't like have your time. Yeah. Uh, I'll give this back. Yeah. You're more than welcome to come if you'd like. And, and sorry if I wasted everybody's time. You did not waste anybody's time. No one's time, time was wasted.
Okay, I'm not good at public speaking, so I wrote everything down, so I'll just read. Okay, I have some remarks in regards to the agenda. Ma'am, you, 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 you say your name? Oh, sorry, Katie Headland, I'm doing Madison Pauline. Um, I have some remarks in regards to the agenda action item list of homeowner correspondence relating, uh, regarding alleged violation of NRS 116. To begin, according to NRS 116.31087, entitled Rights of Units Owners to Have Certain Complaints Placed on the Agenda of the Pleading of the Executive Board, you are supposed to place the subject, which of course they are covered. Uh, but on December 5th, I emailed Larry Hartman two complaints, which I mailed also via certified mail. Uh, with this list of sections that I alleged Larry Hartman and the Board of Directors are in violation of, the subject of the complaints were not homeowner personas. Um, but however, my point is that Larry, you had over 30 days to research that NRS 116 section. I gave it to you, and you obviously didn't because you, you did the agenda wrong, which I not good. I would now like to discuss my complaints. Uh, currently, according to Exhibit A of the management contract between Providence Master Association and the community and the management company CCMC, which was signed by current president Walt Dietrich on 9-28-17 and went into effect January 1st. The section entitled Association Charges to Others Based on Usage List Reminder Statement Fee, $25 per statement. That should be listed as part of the collection cost because everybody who gets sent to collection or goes through the collection process gets charged that fee, so that charge is listed in the wrong place. Um, under the collection fees, again in Exhibit A, there's the 30-day letter, $25, demand lien letter of 95, payment agreement, which is 30, legal preparation fee, which is 45, NSF return item fee, which is 20. Exhibit B of the management contract, entitled collection fee schedule dated uh, May 11, 2006, lists the following collection fees. Collection fee, 15, NSF fee, 35, 30-day late letter, 2350, demand lien letter, 55, lien, 90, not including filing fees, demand court action letter, 75, D order, 15, narrative letter, 25. I would like to point out that the updated Exhibit A, effective January 1st, 2018, states it supersedes all existing A agreements, but it does not state what effect this agreement has on Exhibit B. According to the Providence Collection Policy, the reminder statement is part of the collection process and is, is, is specifically referenced to in the section entitled 30 days past due on page two. Due to this and the fact that none of these fees are itemized in the collection of schedule, or the schedule of collection fees and costs, pages six and seven, and of the Providence Master Association Collection Policy, I allege the manager, Larry Hartman, and the board are in violation of the following, NRS 116.3100313, subsection two, NRS 116.3130313, subsection 3, NRS 116.31151, subsection 4, NRS 116.410, subsection 1, NRS 116A.620, subsection 1. I have the full explanation of these NRS 116 sections if anyone is, wants them, um, but in the effort to be as brief as possible, these sections in one way or another refer to collection costs and that the management and the association need to identify any fee fine or cost is being charged as part of the collection process, and each individual fee must be disclosed in the collection policy, otherwise they are not entitled to collect such fees. I have received a legal opinion from a highly respected, well-known lawyer in town who specializes in HOA law, which supports these allegations and highly recommends the collection policy be updated to include an itemized list of fees being charged by the management company. 
If you are still not convinced that the collection policy needs to be updated, I would like to add the following. On November 13, 2019, a confused homeowner seeking clarification posted a comment in the Providence Las Vegas Facebook group stating they noticed a $25 remainder statement charge on their quarterly statement. The homeowner thought they were being charged $25 in order to receive a paper statement. Walt left a comment on the homeowner's Facebook um, on the comment, and this is an exact quote. You said, no, not at all. I believe the $25 is a late fee. Not to throw you two under the bus, but if the president, if the president of the association is mistaking the $25 reminder statement charge for a late fee, that is not a good sign. I would also like to warn you that you need to be very careful what you post on Facebook. And what you probably should have said is to contact the management company, or you probably should have not said anything no. The collection policy for Providence Master Association does not list a late fee charge. On the second page of this collection, or the second page of this policy in the section entitled 30 Days Past Due, it states if any installment of an assessment is not received within 30 days after the due date, a reminder statement invoice shall be sent to the owner itemizing the assessment installment. The processing fee for mailing this reminder invoice shall be charged to the owner or see section four of the schedule of costs and fees. Section four of the schedule of costs and fees, which is page seven of the collection policy states, if an association or a person acting on behalf of an assessment of association is attempting to collect a past due obligation from the unit's owner, the association or person acting on behalf of an association may recover from the unit's owner reasonable management company fees, which may not exceed a total of $200. The verbiage from this section of the collection policy is taken verbatim from NAC 116.470, subsection 4, which limits the collection fees a management company can charge to $200. So this goes back to Exhibit A, which if you add up all the, exhibit, the charges from Exhibit A, it equals $240, which exceeds the $200 limit. If you add up all the charges from Exhibit B, that equals $333.50. Since you, there's no nothing that says that Exhibit B is no longer in effect, you have a lot of conflicting charges and they all exceed $200. Um, my second complaint is that I requested, and I requested this to be listed as an agenda item, is that since the individual fees are not listed in the collection policy, I allege the management company should not be able to recover these fees which again, uh, my legal opinion supports, especially the reminder statement fee of $25, which was not listed anywhere in the management contract until Exhibit A, effective January 1st, 2018. Management was charging this fee, again, in violation of NRS 116A-620, subsection one, which I mentioned earlier, and states the management company contract shall dispose all fees. Uh, they've been charging this, you guys have been charging that for 12 years without it being in your management contract. So my request is that you refund any time, and this is the management company, because this was not paid to the association, but the management company needs to, ref I believe, needs to refund any time you've ever charged that fee, because you, it was not a management contract. Um, so I request that the manager, uh, Larry Hartman, update the management contract to list the reminder statement fee as part of the collection cost fees, as well as update all the sections of the management contract pertaining to collection costs including reducing the total amount of collection fees to meet the $200 caps limit spelled out in NAC 116.470 subsection 4. And I highly uh, recommend and suggest the board update the publisher policy in order to include each individual fee and cost being charged for homeowners. If you can't if you can't look at the collection policy and figure out what you're gonna have to pay if you're late on this such and such date, you're not doing it right. Anyway, I'm done. Thank Jeff, you very much. Jeff, 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 come up. Thank you. Well, Happy New Year. You 
brought a lot of this guy on yourselves from the December meeting. So, sir, could you please state your name and what Jeffrey you Bennett, in? Westminster. Okay. Um, very quickly, I'd like to have agendized and a workshop, which this board can approve and do, for a one-time assessment versus forever, because it got ramrodded through. We had no input. It was predetermined in December when you had the budget ratification. You had already approved the increase of an extra $10 a month or $120 a year. Secondly, I'd like to also discuss having a mid-year budget review. You all knew two years ago, plus, that we were going to have this shortfall, yet you did nothing. Okay? Number three on my little list is future increases. You can't ask 2,800-plus people to have a hand-carry ballot in here or have a neighbor do it. How about when you send out the election for board members, you include, if you have to have an increase, you include that in the same envelope because it has everybody's name, rank, and serial number, every property or subdivision they live in, and that makes it at least fair. Are you going to get 2,800 summary responses? Probably not, but you already know the way you did this last one is predetermined. You get your increase, we get nothing. You're, and like tonight, in our meeting, not with the security people, very simple. Once you get over 149 people in this room, you're in violation of fire code. So if we get 200 people, you're going to leave 51 outside? You're going to accommodate that? You're asking for a nightmare. You brought this on yourselves with the December meeting by ramrodding a budget through, giving us no voice and no citizen. So other than that, I guess there's, as you know, there's a big petition out there to recall all of them. Okay? Why do we need to tear this damn community apart? Why can't we sit down and honestly and openly discuss some of these things in a whole different area? Okay? It'd be really nice and easy to look at this. You could have come back and done a one-time assessment and see where that got you. It brought over $680,000. Instead, it's forever. How many taxes ever go down? You, when are we going to get another mid-year review so we have another dinosaur we have to bite off because somebody made a mistake in the budget? Okay. So I'm asking to do it as a workshop. And if we have to rent some facility out, like the YMCA or something, where we can get more than 149 people, if that many will show up, which I think they will, okay, then let's do that. That's fair. Okay, That's reasonable. We can discuss this and not get into this kind of Nonsense. The reason you have so many people out here tonight is because of what happened in December. Okay? And this is going to get nitpicked to death. Do we really, again, need to tear this community apart with recalls and everything else? Okay? I don't think so. I think we can sit down and resolve this. I'd still like to know, and I'm going to ask for the board to respond, not tonight, because I can play that game on the oral communications from the public as a former mayor. I get it. I don't have to answer anybody. Okay? Is that you explain how you came to the conclusion two years ago that we needed an increase because we had landscaping and water issues and did nothing, and then all of a sudden you come back and you stick 120 bucks on us and we have no say so. It's already was predetermined. So that's all I gotta say on this, but I would like to see again. Collectively, we all get a workshop where we can spend some time 
and go over and look at some of this stuff. Okay? And I'd still like to know, what did the circus cost at the end of the day? Who is it, 30? No, 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 no. See, Larry doesn't want to answer these questions. I'm sorry. I don't have it in front of I, I, I would be guessing. Come on, guys. I don't have it in front of you. Know exactly, damn Jeff, well, exactly what that circus answer, costs. I'm not going to answer a question that I do not have the information in front of me. Well, you know, you're talking about great legal and all the other stuff. i got to tell you, those kind of answers, I can go see my pathologist for Okay? Seriously. You know damn well it costs what? Approximately 30000 It was lower than that. I will tell you what. Okay, how much lower? 20? Come 20? on, guys. If you're that inept. I'll forget about all this nonsense. Let her answer, Jeff. $18,000. How difficult was that to answer at the December meeting? When that question was asked. Excuse me? I, I mean, that, there was a lot of questions at that meeting. So that was one that was asked by a multitude of people. So, was, you know, I mean, I think you can agree that it was kind of a, a very um, you can. Oh, high, it's up to you. high energy meeting. Yeah, because everybody, everything was predetermined and we had no voice. Okay. But thank you. I appreciate you at least giving me that. Okay? Thank you, Jeff. You didn't know it was 18 grand? Seriously. Who's next? So my name is uh, Chris Cole from West End. Uh, a couple of questions to piggyback off of is the TOPS program. Spoke to one of the attorneys that I dealt with on my management company when I was the president of West End. Talked to him about the TOPS. Does the board and management company know your computer pattern with violation of uh, the Federal Housing Act? Because you're spending our money on a program that, like for example, my daughter can't attend because she's not a tween or a teen. Or I'm not trying to single out anybody, but there's a lot of older folks in here that can't even join that either. Yeah. So that's a violation of the Fair Housing Act. You're opening up huge lawsuits. That's going to cost us even more. Chris, if you're asking if we got a legal opinion on it, we did. Yeah. Oh, you did? And what did your legal opinion tell you? Oh, we're going to be quiet. So Neil, here's a question for you. I'm happy to tell you he did not advise against this. Whether it's a good idea because it's a good program or not, from a legal perspective, he did not have an issue. Okay, so Neil, since you're speaking up, I have a question for you. What did you do with that conversation that you and I had? Pardon? The conversation that you and I had when you had me come in here and meet with you. Yeah. Where did that lead to? Where did that lead to? Yeah. This is the first board meeting since that conversation. Yeah, here, you're back here. So I had a meeting with Neil. Oh, you can't hear Neil. Oh, well, he doesn't have a I said, this is the first board meeting. Pardon me? Oh, he's got the microphone. This is the first board meeting since our conversation. I don't make decisions for the board by myself. I met with you. We spoke. I don't see that on the agenda. You didn't ask for it to be on the agenda. Oh, so I, uh, so I got asked by a board member to come in here and have a one-on-one -on -one meeting with them, but that's not important. Okay, that's good to know. So you wasted you wasted my time. That's basically what you did. I don't know if I wasted your time. No, you wasted my time. Next question. What do you want to talk about? Next question. You wasted my time. I'm not wasting any more time with you. Thank you very much. There was a board training in strategic planning. 
meaning that you deny to open for homeowners. I want to know what NRS code that says is wrong. I quote, you stated in a Facebook post that day when it was announced that there was going to be a meeting with legal counsel that it was client privilege. We're the clients. I understand you're a client too because you are a homeowner. I'm a client. Everybody in this room is a client. But you turned around and said that it's like an executive session. I want you to show me where in NRS 116 that says strategic trainings are executive sessions. That are guaranteed to You are correct, Chris. And the uh, strategic planning meeting did not happen that day. Uh, it was just meeting with the attorney. On what? Because there hasn't been any agenda posting that there's any pending legal actions against anybody on this board. So what was the private meeting for? It has to be exposed that you have that that you're having a meeting. It has to be on the board agenda. It's Chris's time, Scott. You've had your time. I'll ask, I'll ask Scott's question. So why is it management advising him on this stuff? We're paying him all this money. They were there. Maybe they're being so advised So management as well. is telling you that a strategic meeting is an executive session and it doesn't require a 10-day notice. No. No. That is me. Like in response to Cage's message before where I said that was, I said I believe that's a late fee. I was corrected on that after the fact. And if I haven't gone back and corrected that post, I apologize. Well, I, that's why I responded back to you. Best advice I can give you is you need to stop your plan. Okay. Because I'm telling you right I, now. If you want me to yourself. do that, Chris, I'll be happy to. Unfortunately, I do answer. I think I do. Tell me if I'm wrong. I do answer some people's questions that may be more simple than yours. And I, I, I greatly respect you're, the fact that you answer. You're digging yourself a deep hole. I'm telling you right now. Okay. You're digging yourself a deep hole. But if I can help people, that's hold, why I do that. You're going to cost us more money. You're going to cost us more money because somebody is going to be able to sue the community because you're out there posting something that you don't clearly understand. Okay, you need sir. to stop. On the agenda, this is going to be my last one. There are other ones, so I'll save it for the next form so we can move on. You have the manager's uh, community manager report. Why is there other people from the management company here? Shouldn't they be reporting all their stuff to you? And for you to be reporting that back to all homeowners? Hmm? I didn't understand the that. Manager's question. report on the agenda. Why is there other folks from the management company here? Aren't they supposed to report the information to you? Are we saying that all the employees that are here with you, Larry, are salary employees or are they out? Yeah, no, they're all salary. Okay. <laughs> I want to make sure we're not getting paid overtime. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris, I'd like to follow up on that. What do you mean specifically? Well, let's see, because I listened to, for example, I listened to the July recording, and I got more stuff to talk about. But I find it hilarious that we have a manager's report. Larry speaks about certain things, and he turns the rest of it over to the rest of the staff. 
Oh, the staff should not even really be speaking. It should be between you and him and the rest of the board. That's well, it. Then I take full responsibility for that because I want everyone to see how our management staff does work. For example, Jenna is our social lifestyle director. Felicia is our community standards director. director. Of oh, I'm sorry. She got operations. Director of operations. Director of operations. So when they speak on matters, that's their specialty. Now, Larry, he oversees everything. He was out 3 o'clock in the morning doing the uh, overseeing the tennis court being poured at Huckleberry Park. He works hard, especially they've had uh, missing staff members over the past year. So I want people to see. We have uh, Securitas back here. Rob, he's not even uh, uh, employee of CCMC, but he will speak on matters regarding courtesy patrol. So that's we've had uh, other members of the management team, so you can see that that's their specialty, and they can speak directly on that. Sometimes it's regarding a committee report that they oversee. It's not just Larry. It's just not these five guys, but it's the whole team working for all of us that live here in the community. So since you brought up pre am construction, where was the official notice to all the homeowners that you were violating the noise ordinance of the city? So since it's a city project, we actually did provide proper notice by placing it on social media. That's actually oh, deemed so official notice. For the, for the city it is. I will, I will, if you would like to, if you'd like to, if you would like that. to take that up with code enforcement, you certainly may. However, I will tell you that, that it, it has already been addressed. Um, it is a it is a long te post tension pour. It had to be started between the hours of twelve AM and three AM, and so that is why it's a one time thing. The pour, the pour has been completed. The tennis court now has a seven-day cure. In seven days, they'll be able to put the plexi pave on, and the tennis, the fence will be able to go up, and the tennis court will be complete for your park. Ultimately, it's a, it's a give and take, Chris. If you did not want the 3 a.m. pour, you would not have a tennis court. Did anybody here have a vote on what we were going to have in this park? The association did have did. Oh, is that part of that seven percent that responded to the survey? No, we had meetings on the park over the past year. Earlier last year, we had meetings. People came out. Okay, I'm done. Anybody else? <laughs> I don't see any hands go up with that. I will close this session of the open forum. Uh, just a reminder, there is another open forum at the end that people can speak on any matters related to the Providence HOA. Thank you. Next, we have action items. Homeowner correspondence regarding alleged violations of NRS 116. The association has received correspondence alleging the Board of Directors is in violation of the governing documents and or NRS 116.310313.2, NRS 116.310313.3, NRS 116A.6201, NRS 116.311514, NRS 116.4109, NRS 116.31175, CCNRs 19.4 and bylaws 5.4. These complaints include the association collection policy outlines on the schedule of fees include 4A, reasonable management company fees which may not exceed in total of $200. The management company fees currently charged are $25 for a reminder statement fee and $95 for a 60-day pre-collection letter. <coughs> Two, the association has not released the secured house post orders as requested by a unit owner. Three, the association has budgeted $16,200 for community outreach. 
Four, the association has budgeted $300 for logo wear polos for the board of directors. The board of directors acknowledges the homeowner correspondence alleging they are in violation of NRS.16, I'm sorry, NRS 116.3103132, NRS 116.3103133, NRS 116A.6201, NRS 116.31154, NRS 116.4109, NRS 116.31175, CCNRs 19.4, and bylaws 5.4. The Board of Directors will consult with Corporate Council on these issues and respond accordingly. Next we have Board Reports, Community Manager Report. Larry? So as of November 30th, 2019, the total escrows closed are 5,631 homes. Management sent out 33 welcome packets to new owners during the month of November and a total of 1,117 owners are signed up for electronic statements. Thank you, Larry. New business, review and consider a TOPS, Teens, Tweens of Providence program. Jenna? Yay! Uh, at the July 2019 Board of Directors meeting, the Life Health Department presented the board to promote the calendar of events and programs for 2020. How does that get recorded? We can't barely hear. It's heard on the recording. But we'd like to hear it. Okay, come closer, Jeff. You are more than welcome to come close. It's unusual. Jeff, let's not let's me. not use that language, please. Damn. Yes, please. Oh, over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At the July 2019 Board of Directors meeting, the Lifestyle Department presented the board with a proposed calendar of events and programs for 2020. The calendar encompassed a new program called TOP, standing for Teens, Tweens of Providence. Uh, this was gone through the Social Lifestyle Committee. The program is designed to give the teens and tweens of Providence, excuse me, the tweens and teens of Providence, a way to engage with one another and plan events for themselves, as well as provide them with an opportunity to volunteer at committee, hold on. Having some uh, technical difficulties, I apologize. Uh, uh, giving them the opportunity to, to volunteer at community events consistently, the association has re received feedback asking for more opportunities for teens to be involved in the community. Uh, management, the uh, management recommends that if the board would like to move forward with this program uh, to approve as presented after legal review. So my understanding of this, uh, Jenna, is that uh, in the past we've had events for teens such as uh, game night or dances and such, and this is a way to kind of empower the teens living here in Providence to choose what events they have, uh, maybe choose budget items. They just decide to come in here and play video games on the TV, it hardly costs anything, but they get together, as well as volunteer at events. We already use the Centennial Hills NJROTC to help move things around, uh, stack pumpkins for Huckleberry Harvest Day. And this is a way for the teens, of course a lot of teens go to Centennial, but not all are in the ROTC, to also volunteer. Yeah, that was the idea when the Social Lifestyle Committee discussed this program. It really was just, um, a lot of times at events, we get people who come up and say, hey, I really like this event, but it's for littler kids or bigger kids, especially like some of the um, large scale events that we have at the parks. 
Um, so this was in response to that. And as note, um, the Social Lifestyle Committee reviewed and discussed this these items for this particular um, program back in May and June of last year. So this was, um, what, six months ago or so. And who's coordinating this program from the staff perspective? I asked who's coordinating the program from the Neil staff. Neil asked who's coordinating the program from the staff, and that would be the Lifestyle Associate Amber Whitaker on our staff. She'd be involved in all the activities plus the planning meetings? Yes, she would be involved in all of the activities plus the planning meetings. I'm sorry, I'm repeating just in case you couldn't hear them. So uh, yes, that would be that would be her role in regard to that. The uh, proposal uh, for the program also includes how you would how uh, interaction would be with teens and tweens and that sort of thing um, in regard to how the staff would relate to them, obviously. Laura, this is not the time for, for questions, so I apologize. Yeah. Thank, thank you. It, it was it was it was discussed earlier, so. Continue. Okay. But I'm, I'm just advising that there is a budget line item for this group of not to exceed $12,200. Just because it's a budget line item doesn't mean they have to use that much. As I said, if uh, they decide to just play video games, there's almost no cost to the association. So that's actually a fair question. A budget item doesn't mean we're going to incur an expense and go forward with it. It's simply budgeted. It's not spent. Uh, he said that the budget item is mean that it's just that it's budgeted. It doesn't mean that it's going to incur an expense. So it's included in the budget, but it doesn't mean that they're going to incur the expense, is what Neil said. I have his mic, so that's why I'm repeating what he's saying. Do we have a motion from the board? Or any action? I have a motion. I, I, I can't quite grasp my head around this. That's what this is. I don't have a mic to ask her to talk. Can you hear me? I can't quite grasp my head around the logistics of this program. I'd like to make a motion that we do not implement the TOPS program. Further discussion? Nope. Uh, it's been so long since I've done this. Yeah. So we'll take a vote. All in favor, say aye. Aye. Thank you. Are you an aye, Howard? I said aye. Okay. We'll move to the that's, uh, motion. Neil's motion passed. That is, the program does not move forward at this time. Just like last year, we had over $200,000 surplus in the budget. It would be a surplus this year as well. Next, we have review and consider Independence Day fireworks proposal. Jenna? Yeah, I'm willing to pay a one-time assessment. 
Are there any opposed? There you go, sir. Next, we have review and consider Independence Day fireworks proposal. Jenna. I, I would just want to say before you get started, Jenna, that this is wonderful that we need these microphones, that there's so many people here and it is spread in the back. Uh, usually, it's 10 to 15 people here, and I am ecstatic to see you all. Thank you for being involved. Okay, are we ready? Uh, for your review and consideration, the proposed contract for the July 4th, 2020 fireworks display. Uh, early booking is required to secure a fireworks vendor due to the demand for both the date and type of display. Uh, management staff recommends the board approve the Las Vegas display fireworks proposal pending review from the association's legal counsel should the board wish to move forward with the Independence Day Star Spangled Spectacular event for 2020. $13,000 as budgeted to be assigned in GL0575. And the reason why there is no sealed bids for this particular item is because it does fall under the specific uh, as a unique vendor because of the type of work that they do. And I saw, Jenna, my understanding is that the 4th of July budget is less budgeted this year than it was last year. Yes, that's correct. The 4th of July budget is less than what we budgeted for uh, 2019. And that is because we negotiated in regard to the uh, fireworks uh, proposal that you have in your pockets this evening, as well as upon review of the last uh, Star Spangled Spectacular event, um, and due to the response from the people in attendance from that event, which we estimate um, about 9,500 people were in attendance for that event, uh, that uh, we will be moving from having a live band, which is incredibly costly, um, to move to uh, having a DJ instead at the event, which saves a substantial amount of money. Jim? Yeah, I'll make a motion that we approve the Las Vegas display fireworks. In, in the amount of? In the amount of $13,000. I'll second. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Please hold your questions till the end. Thank you, Next we have review and consider insurance renewal quotes. And we have sealed bids. Jenna, will you go grab the sealed bid off my table in my office? <clears throat> so the insurance renewal uh, quotes were requested from uh, the current, the current uh, broker, Jeff Friesen of Woodruff Sawyer, as well as Eric Olson from Country Financial. Um, at this time, the only one that we received was from Jeff Friesen at Woodruff Sawyer. Um, so Jenna just went to go grab the sealed bid. Are we expecting the other bids? Um, unfortunately, I, I spoke to Eric yesterday. He said he was going to try his best to get everything in. The carriers were asking for additional information. It was provided to him yesterday. Um, so I have not, and I, I did not hear from him today. Would the board like me to open the bid? Yes, please. 
Your renewal date, I want, I believe, is February 9th. Proposal from Winter Sawyer, which is a broker, so they did shop the policies. For a commercial property, policy limit is $1,643.53. Uh, the, pol the policy they are recommending Philadelphia Insurance for $7,345 for the premium. Commercial Inland Mar Marine is $1,308,350. One, $1, premium is with uh, $320. The commercial general liability of a million dollars, the premium is $33,230. Commercial crime, a, a lim policy limit of a million dollars, the policy premium is $700. Excess crime of a million, uh, policy limit of a million dollars, the premium is $947. And the commercial automobile of a uh, policy limit of a million dollars, the premium policy is $5,453 for a total policy package of $48,386. For your umbrella policy, policy limit of $15 million. Policy, uh, policy premium is $12,938. Excess liability coverage of $10 million. The policy, they, they are requesting to be placed with traveler's insurance for a policy premium of $12,500. Uh, for an umbrella policy total of $25,438. Errors and omission cyber coverage, policy limit of a million dollars. Uh, they would place that with Lloyd's at a policy uh, premium of $1,500 for an errors and omission cyber total of $1,500. Directors and officers liability coverage, policy limit of a million dollars. They are, uh, they are uh, recommending that it is placed with navigators for a policy premium of $5,975. This is a total overall premium increase from the previous year of 9%, which is in line with what we, ex what we anticipated and what was budgeted. Are there any questions regarding policies? Correct. Correct. So for the commercial property, deductible is $1,000 all, uh, all perils. For Inland Marine, deductible will be $1,000. Signs per schedule is 5% of sign limit. For the commercial general liability, 
deductible is zero. Commercial automobile, $1,000 comprehensive and $1,000 collision. The commercial umbrella policy deductible is $10,000 retained limit. Commercial excess liability deductible, um, it's self-insured retention. For crime, crime and fidelity deductible is $10,000. For the excess crime, the deductible is $10,000. For the directors and officers, <laughs> directors and officers, um, zero dollars if it's non indemnifiable, five thousand dollars insuring clause B and C entity. Would like to see this? February 9th, he believes he doesn't have it in front of him. It's um, the expiring term is actually, it's actually, I apologize, it's, it's February 1st. That's when the active one expires? Correct. why it's difficult for you to obtain multiple bids is because you use a broker and so the broker what they do is we told you at the direction of the board Jeff selected the the carriers that he wanted to bid for you and then I went to Eric Olson at Country Financial to provide you another bid for carriers that they are able to provide um, once a once a broker or an agent shops that carrier they lock everybody else out so you can't get to Philadelphia bids from two different brokers. So if a broker goes to Philadelphia, which you're with now, then he's they're the only individual that can actually provide you a bid from Philadelphia. So at any time, the association, the board of directors, is able to cancel your uh, cancel insurance and uh, enter into another policy at the direction of the board. So if that is something that you would like to like to look at at a future meeting, you certainly can. Um, however. If the association does, you are required by by the, by the statute and by your governing documents to have coverage, um, and because of the time frames of when they can actually shop insurance, there's very little wiggle room in regards to before your policy expires. So that's why. So it's not a it's not a coincidence that we didn't get more quotes or quotes were coming in the last minute. That's how these large commercial property and casualty carriers like to operate because they don't give you time to make a decision. In general, a master plan community, HOA, not us specifically, in general, 
it's not a prime risk. Most of these carriers aren't fighting each other to insure us. Insure people like us, not us. You know, our claims are fine. We're not a high risk as far as master plan HOA communities go. We're not a desirable um, business segment for these commercial property and cash insurers. Uh, I don't know if any of the meeting when we talked about this and setting up the bid and making it more competitive, having additional brokers can bring more carriers to the table. It also can jam up the process, as Larry said. One carrier will give one quote to one broker, the first one to ask for ask for a quote. If two carriers are there and, and they have written approval from the customer to get two quotes, they will give both both brokers unnegotiated quotes that look identical. Um, so you really jam up the process from the customer perspective by having two agents shopping with the same carrier. They believe and entertain two agents. Um, so it's not a surprise we didn't get more quotes back from other brokers. This is the first year, uh, as far as I can tell since I've been on the board, this is fifth year now that we've engaged more than one broker to see if it would be successful in bringing more carriers to the table and it's proven not to be. Uh, these are A-rated insurance companies, travelers, many of you, have, you might have heard of, Philadelphia, you might not have heard of, they're a very good insurance company from a rating perspective. Uh, this is as good as it's going to get in my opinion and I have a property casualty insurance license so I'm speaking from a little bit of experience uh, in that regard. This is not a surprise, this is how these insurance carriers work is the best we're going to have. And insurance carriers and brokers will not want to jump in in the middle of your policy here. They don't want to do that. It's not like canceling your auto insurance and switching to FICO. It's a different animal. Thank you, Larry. Absolutely. <laughs> Any further discussion? Today. election timeline so in your meeting packet this is your draft election timeline for 2020 this is subject to change um, pending to uh, mailings and things of that nature but this was requested to be, uh, be placed on your January agenda by the board so I have included it in your meeting packet and basically this starts with uh, March 12th the election the appointment of election committee members all the way down to November 14th annual meeting and different dates throughout there when uh, potential candidates candidate interest forms will be mailed out and such like that. Okay. There'll be two spots up for election in 2020. One, two. Their terms are coming to an end um, for this voting process. Okay. Next we have review and consider volunteer interest statements. So in your packet are the volunteer interest statements from the resident or unit owners that have expressed interest uh, in serving on committees. So I don't know if you guys have had a chance to review the names and uh, all the different categories and such. What is it, uh, Jenna? Is it January twenty third? What is the date First. for our volunteer? Twenty first. Twenty first. 
I keep saying 23rd. So January 21st is our volunteers and beer. Did yep. they change the name? What's it called? Volunteer information session. Volunteer information session, where we have a, a meeting where we're welcoming the community to come out and find out what each committee is for, uh, what they do. Uh, most committees meet for less than an hour a month, about an hour a month, uh, and that, where we can meet, gain even more interest interest statements. Sir, which community do you live in? You're expressing neighborhood advisory committee. Uh, are your community represented? I, I, I've decided to move. You're moving? <laughs> <laughs> Franklin Park. Franklin Park, okay. Mm -hmm. Do we have a Franklin Park resident on neighborhood advisory? Uh, I don't believe so. I think Steve Dover or Howard used to do that. Is there any reason we can't add him to the list tonight? Uh, he hasn't filled out a statement. He could probably fill it out before we vote. If you'd like to table, you can table this item. We, the, you know, we can appoint committee members, you know, at any meeting. So. Homeowners are able to attend committee meetings um, without being a committee member. They're able to attend them. Um, it's actually encouraged. We do encourage all, all homeowners, our unit owners that would like to volunteer for a committee to attend that committee meeting to make sure, to ensure that that's, that, that that's the committee that they really would like to volunteer on. Um, in years past, the association's had issues. Are you willing to come to two and we'll appoint you in March unless you find you hate it? Uh, I'm going to have to take that. <laughs> what, what do you ask? So we have a process. People have already put in interest forms to be on committees. We're going to vote on a series of them. I can't think of a reason why we wouldn't be on this committee. If you went as a guest for the February meeting, we'll appoint you at the March board meeting officially. Would that be fine? Let me call my wife. <laughs> <laughs> We do not. We would, we would like one. We do not have one. Yeah. Currently, the NAC has 10 members on it. Okay, great. So we'll get you a form to fill out. You can visit the next meeting, and we'll take up your nomination for the committee in March at our next board meeting. And more than one person from the same community can join as well. Are these forms available to sign up? Absolutely, yeah. After the meeting, if you'd like, I'll, I'll be happy to provide it. Not over there on the desk. So that'll, that'll, you can provide the times of all, all the times of the committee meetings are posted online on the website. The, the calendar has every, every meeting on there. And like the description of each? Yes. Underneath the, uh, which section is it, Jenny? That it outlines all of the, even on the app, the Providence Reporter apps, which I know everybody's downloaded, right? We just moved it recently, so it's a little easier to find, but it's, um, I'm not looking at our website right now, but I believe the form might be about us. Yeah, I believe it's there. So um, when you log in, And then January 21st meeting here at the place, we'll also talk about each individual committee as well. Yes. No, no. 
the neighborhood advisory committee meeting will be in February. He can attend as a guest, put in his nomination to be on the committee, and at the Everybody. next board meeting in March, we'll officially appoint him to the committee if he puts in the form uh, and wants to join. Neighborhood advisory, this gentleman's interested in. But all committees are open to all homeowners, and that's why we post them on the website, so you can show up and attend and, and observe. You're not actively participating as the committee members are, but you can observe and get a feel for if you like the committee or not. January 21st is a volunteer information session. That is, they're gonna, we're going to be here and we're going to talk to everybody about what the committees do, each individual committee, what the Neighborhood Advisory Committee does, what the Financial Committee does. Information. It's kind of a like speed dating where we have different tables set up and committee representation uh, from like the committee chair people that are currently on the committees are there along with the staff here and then you can kind of go as you will and kind of meet and greet with those people. So if you're interested, that information is um, on January 21st. It's here at the place. It starts at 6.30. Um, and that information will also be in tomorrow's Gazette when that goes out as well. So the people who have already submitted their interest forms for the committees, we're going to vote on those people's nominations. I'd like to make so a motion to, for the board to approve uh, so Those the volunteers with its interest stations. Okay. The motion is noted. Um, there's a one thing that we have is that there's more people that have put in than spaces on the committees. But it said it's at the board discretion. And of, of how they appoint them. Which committee? This is uh, for example, the social lifestyle committee has only two open spots, but three people have put in interest forms for it. And finance uh, committee has two open spots. Finance committee similarly has two open spots, but three people have put in for it. Right. And so that's not tonight. But we can. Yeah. Yes, I, I'm right there with you, sir. I've had the discussion. They have a board liaison. <laughs> Board members uh, choose or are assigned to be a liaison to the committee so that they attend the meeting. They're not a member of the committee, but that way they can take back the committee's recommendations and say, well, you know, when we were at the Neighborhood Advisory Committee, this is how they felt and help describe their <coughs> opinions that they discussed. Just know there's a chairman or a chairwoman, chairperson of the committee who is a resident member of the committee. There's a board liaison to each committee who goes and observes and answers questions of the board if the committee has them. Uh, but all the members are essentially So why do we have to cut somebody the, out? The committees have charters, and it says how many people can be on the committee, yeah. and we have to modify the charter. That's the reason. Now, I'm open to, if the board is also, to at our next meeting to expand the committees to allow for extra we, members. Um, could we'll I amend the motion subject to the modification of the charter? So looking at this list, it seems that the, the committee has You would yes. not be able to. You would not be able to amend the charter tonight. You no, would have to. That would have to be placed on the agenda. So, if you modification of the charter. So, in the case of the two committees here that only have two open spots, but three people have put in for it, you would choose two of the names to appoint tonight, and the third member say, "Please attend the meeting." And then, in the future, we hope to expand the membership. Uh, allowed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, looking at this list, 
Um, how would we do that? I, I would think the fairest way would be the, the, the first ones, to, the first two that were submitted would be the ones voted in tonight, and the third would be voted in in March. Hear me out. So it seems that these committees that would push us over the roster size have people who are interested in joining multiple multiple committees. Mm -hmm. We can perhaps pull these people off one of the committees from their request for now. They can go as a guest for the next meeting. And in March, we can change the limits as we see fit and appoint them back. So my suggestion would be, I don't know who Patrick Blake is. Is Patrick here tonight? He's volunteered for three committees. We'll put him on two now and one in March. Uh, Laura, your your husband also will be in that vote. Uh, we can add him to neighborhood advisory tonight, which is not full and social. The next time he can go as a guest for social in the interim. I said your husband is one of those people. Who what is my husband doing now? <laughs> <laughs> your husband submitted a he submitted a voluntary a, a volunteer statement of interest form to to uh, join the committees of the association. Which Several of them, neighborhood advisory and social. <laughs> so let me make a let me make a motion. I make a motion that well, he would need to he would need to remove his motion from the table. Well, I like what Mark said. The first two on the list, that is, uh, you know, the the design review. There's two open spots. There's two people. That's a done deal. The finance committee. There's two. There's three names. So we take the first two, put them on the committee. Neighborhood advisory. All of them go. Social lifestyle, there's three spots, but only two open, so you take the first two. And then the election committee is two spots, although the election committee hasn't been put together, as I just mentioned, in the election timeline. That starts in March. But we could certainly uh, uh, put these people on the committee when it comes okay, out. I'll, I'll amend my motion for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we... So I will say... I'm sorry? Are these in order of submission, the forms? Uh, yes. So we're going to bump Patrick off of two instead of Patrick off of one and Phil off of one. Mm -hmm. Seems well, well, no, I'm not talking about election. That, that comes later. Right. We're going to get them so, on eventually. I don't see any reason not to. We can do it either way. So, so Mark, with with your amended motion, will you amend it to list these individuals so that they're in the record, so that your insurance carrier will cover them as a volunteer? Yeah. Thank you. So read them all. Uh huh. So just the two committees, Finance Committee and Social Lifestyle, the last name, you don't, we will not be appointing today. I'll read them for you. Design Review Committee, Jeanette Hannigan of Highgate, Patrick Blake of Cambridge, Finance Committee, Stephen Dover, Franklin Park, Lori Jamie of Brighton, Neighborhood Advisory, Jeanette Hannigan, Highgate, Brenda Fishbach, Auburn and Bradford, Phil Chapman, Verada View, Patrick Blake, Cambridge, Social Lifestyle, Jeanette, Jeanette Hannigan, Highgate, Brenda Fishbach, Auburn and Bradford. Election Committee, subject to the committee's charter in March. Jeanette Hannigan, Highgate, Brenda Fishbach, Auburn and Bradford. Thank you. I'll second Mark's motion. Any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Next we have review and consider perimeter wall proposal.
recommendation is to continue to use Katie Williams to repair the additional block wall repair in the amount of $9,184 to be paid out of reserves. And there is pictures of each of the block walls, the additional block wall repairs in your board packet. These are perimeter walls, which I understand the association is responsible for. Do we cooperate with the sub-association in regards to that? We are responsible. Because we are responsible for the perimeter walls. But to your point, while we do notify the homeowners of the areas that will be worked or repaired upon so that they are aware that if the contractor does have to enter into their inquiry guard for whatever reason, that they are aware that these repairs are being conducted. Some of these repairs are definitely needed there. I'll make a motion to engage Katie Williams to do these additional repairs. I'll second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Next we have review and consider draft parking policy for Oxford Commons. The construction in Oxford Commons has been completed. We have been receiving some issues in regards to parking. Trailers have been parked in common area as well as the people or residents blocking the cul-de-sacs. The parking policy provided to you today is just a draft. We wanted you guys to take a look at it so that when the streets do turn over from the builder during final walkthrough, that this will be implemented and provided to the homeowners for implementation purposes as well as enforcement. These are residents' trailers? Yes, homeowner resident trailers. Anybody live in Oxford Commons here tonight? Keith? Keith. He's over here. One more time, please. The motion is just to review and postpone until the streets are actually turned over to management for enforcement. Anything that's a problem you observe, as you mentioned? To me, it doesn't affect me because I park in my garage. My garage is open for my parking needs. Thank you. I would much rather see the enforcement of telling people not to have someone jump in your garage if you can't fit a car in there or park in your driveway. That's my two cents worth. Rather than go into some enforcements that might cause a little bit of rift. I know this is only for the homeowner forum, but it's just my two cents worth. I think you'll get a lot more drama if you go in there and start towing people and saying you've got to have a permit here to park here or there. I'd much rather see just from a community standpoint that we try to enforce people to do the right thing and park in your garage or your driveway and leave the streets open for guests. Do you mind if I ask a straight yarn? Yeah, I'm on board, right? Okay. So because Oxford Commons is a benefited neighborhood, their streets are private, so they will be maintained by the association. It is advised that the board of directors does consider implementation of a parking policy, whether it's through towing or it's through the noncompliance process in accordance to the Nevada Revised Statutes as well as to your governing documents. And that's because of the fact that Oxford Commons, the residents in there, when their reserve study is completed, that reserve study will include their asphalt, 
their asphalt will be the largest asset of their community. So um, asphalt gets damaged very easily by uh, fluids and sun. So um, right now, what this, the way that we are doing, addressing any parking concerns is through the non-compliance process in accordance to your CCNRs. However, for enforcement purposes, in the event that an individual is leaking oil or there's a, a health safety welfare hazard in there, we do re uh, recommend that you do implement a parking policy once the streets are turned over so that in the event that you are, it is necessary for you to remove a vehicle that you are able to and you've provided the parking policy. Obviously, with that being said, it is always our recommendation that any policy that the board of directors is looking at implementing would be reviewed uh, by corporate counsel. There are six houses left. No, two. Two houses. Okay, Walt, would you mind if I make a recommendation real quick? Because we went through this at West End. Quickly, and please. The Because it's a little chilly. I thought it was just me. The excitement in the air. Go ahead. Yeah, we're not doing it tonight. Yeah. We're not doing it yeah. Okay. I'll tell you this though. I'm never gonna knock on your door about it. So don't worry about that. I just, I just think more discussion. We're not taking any action tonight. Other than talking about taking action in the, in the well, near future. I'll, I'll make a motion to review and postpone uh, until the streets have been turned over to the building. When you say review, do, would you include review by corporate counsel? Yes. Second. All in favor? Or Aye. any further discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. Motion carries. Next we have review and consider October 24th. Board of Directors meeting minutes. Has the board had a chance to review the minutes? Then I would entertain a motion to approve. My motion Second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. Review and consider October and November 2019 financial statements. Financials were provided to the board and they were also provided to the finance committee, which recommended approval. Has the board had a chance to review these uh, financials? I move that we accept the financials for October and November as presented. Second. Any discussion? All in favor? Aye. 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 Next we have the treasurer's report. Mark? Okay, thank you. The uh, operating funds for the Providence Master Association here today. Now, this report is through 
November 30, 2019. Um, the total operating revenue was $3,331,989. Total operating expenses, $3,872,752. So a negative operating income or a loss of $540,763. Now it's not quite as dire as it sounds. The um, expenses from the completion of Huckleberry Park are included in the uh, operating expenses, but the owner equity funds that are being used to cover part of that are not included in the operating revenue. So that's why we've got a negative. We have the funds to, to cover that. Um, the East in place operating funds uh, uh, through November 30th, 14,091. Operating expenses, 13,358. So an operating income of 733. Oxford Commons, their second benefited community. Their year-to-date revenue is 58224 Operating expenses, 37392 Net operating income is 20832 So our report for unpaid assessments, for Providence assessments, year-to-date, they have $3,078,955 unpaid 103,219 for an unpaid percentage of only 3.3%. East in place, 20,570 billed, 1,329 unpaid for a delinquency of 6.46%. Oxford Commons, 60,450 uh, billed, 1,687 unpaid for a delinquency rate of 2.79. And when you total those all up, the unpaid assessment rate is 3.36, so we're in really good shape there. Now our reserve funds. Providence reserve funds currently are 745,388, which is 66.9% funded. Um, just a side note, starting in January, we're, we're contributing $43,000 a month to our reserves to get the work we want them to be. Uh, East in place assessment, or I'm sorry, East in place reserves 29,990, and that's 95.5% funded. Oxford Commons total reserves are 58,610. They don't have a reserve study yet. That's going to be done in 2020. So we don't know what percentage that is. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Next, we have uh, item 6D 2021 budget discussion. The board may remember that I asked them to put this on this uh, agenda so that uh, homeowners could have a chance to speak on it in the agenda item in the beginning, uh, the open forum, and we've heard several comments from them. Next we have the other business. This is the next board meeting scheduled for March 12, 2020 at 6 p.m. And although the first one was wonderful, this is my favorite part. What's that, sir? March 12th is the next board meeting at 6 p.m. here. Thank you. I have to But this is truly right now my favorite part of the meeting, which is the resident open forum. This is a chance for the residents to uh, address the board on all matters concerning Providence HOA. Uh, I ask, but it's not necessary, but I ask that you please limit your comments to three minutes and please state your name and which association you live in when addressing the board. And with that, if we can get a microphone out to the homeowners.
None of the employees tonight from CCMC are being paid for that. No. Who, who is the attorney of record in your case? The attorney of record is uh, Michael Shulman. Okay. And I, I'm curious, you, you said you were out at the park at 3 a.m. Why are we out at the park at 3 a.m.? Um, I'm considered the owner representative, and so in, in accordance to the contract, the owner representative is to be there for that pour. And I understand, Walt, you have business cards with, with the association? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. No. Uh, when I first got on the board, I suggested that I, you know, we get cards made, and the board said that's a wasted expense. Now, Neil, he has a, a coffee shop, and he said, I'll give you business cards. We won't even charge you for them. And he did. Um, and that was back in 2015, I think. Okay, um, so no cost. No right, cost. no cost. Um, one of the things about insurance, I was listening to the insurance discussion, there are other um, companies out there that, that do big business in HOA insurance. Um, Community Association Underwriters, I don't know if you've heard of them. Um, American Family Insurance. These are brokers or individual companies? These are individual companies, and in a lot of cases, they are less than So to answer that, Scott, earlier in the year, well, this is 2020, but in previous meetings, the board decided to go with what Neil talked about, more than one broker. Rather than use one broker that shops, we went with, we tried to get other brokers to go in. Did your manager suggest these two companies? Uh, we had suggestions and we chose from them. Besides using brokers, you could use community association underwriters or get bids from them? Or bids from American Family Insurance? Why? We're comfortable using a broker. Okay. Some broker so that answers my question. He didn't. We didn't ask for recommendation of insurance carriers, only brokers. Okay. That. Okay. The other thing is, is do these policies have prior, uh, cover prior acts in them? Are you guys aware of that? You know what prior acts is? <laughs> I would guess that something happened okay, previously. Let me, let me explain something on insurance because it's extremely important. It's, when you change a uh, uh, policy coverage, and you go from one company to another, the date that their policy expires, they no longer cover anything that happened prior to that. So if you start with a new, let's say Philadelphia, you start with them February 1st, and your previous company was XYZ Insurance, and somebody did a slip and fall on January 30th, and they didn't tell you, and they, they contact you on January or February 2nd and say, oh, I slipped in the park and I, I'm suing you now, your previous insurance company is not gonna cover it. You don't have prior acts. That's one of the reasons why you pay managers to give you that kind of information. The other thing is, I, I didn't hear you guys talk about workman's comp. Have you ever discussed workman's comp insurance? The workman's comp policy actually expires at a different date. That's why. Okay, so you do have workman's comp. Correct. Okay. For, for the association, not just the manager. Correct. Okay. Um, wait, uh, I would highly suggest you go back and check with your uh, agent about that, your broker. Because that's a serious issue. We, um, we met with him more than once, but when I originally met with him, it was a topic of discussion and education for the board about insurance when he was out. And that was a topic that I recall him talking about. But, the, the, you know, the time you guys spent on insurance tonight, it, it was like, that's that's a huge thing. I mean, if, you get, if the association gets sued, we're going to go on the hook for that. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to sue you guys because you didn't fulfill your fiduciary duty. Right. But, but as I did, said, Scott, it's been discussed in previous meetings multiple times. That's how but we But you don't know if these policies have a prior accident. Can you speak to that, please? 
So the, the the carriers that were that were selected, they are the same carriers from from last year. So, so it, it's there, there's no change in any of the carriers. There's no change in any of the carriers at this time, Scott. Okay. Um, have you ever thought about doing higher deductibles on your insurance? So, yeah, any cost down a little bit? Well, I'm going to speed up. So. I know he's, um, let's see. I think he said you're free. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Kane Williams is doing a wall of Is that a contractor or a company? It's a general contractor. Okay, general contractor. KD Williams. That's the letters KD. What is it? KD -D. Williams. Yes. Okay. That's all I have. Thank you. Uh, Katie has an idea. Jenna, uh, we should. Do you guys have management uh, licenses? I guess. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Okay. Make sure. Thank you. In fact, I, I'd like to say congratulations, Jenna, on your cam license. I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. But did you say that starting this year we're going to be transferring forty-three thousand a month to the reserve? Yes. That's and we would still have that half a million dollar deficit that's indicated in the budget. What we're trying to do is build up our, our reserves. So exactly, it needs to be built up. I agree with that. But, it, but are you saying forty-three thousand a month we're transferring to reserve? Monthly this year yes. is not going to cover the half a million dollar deficit we currently have. We're, ma'am, we're working well, on a landscape renovation project, an irrigation project that is estimated to cost $1.2 million over the next few years. And so while we're putting a lot of money in, we're also taking money out, which is how, just like our operating account, we put money in, we pay bills, it comes out. I'm very concerned that the reserve is only 65% funded. That We've been here 12 years now, mm -hmm. and I just think that's unacceptable. Well, there was well, years where it was over 110, 120%. No, ma'am, because we're an aged community and we have expenditures paying out of it, such as this irrigation project. Sorry, it's not really to you guys. I have petitions, and I'll stand at the door. Whoever wants to sign on their way out. Petition for what? I just wanted to ask, um, I, I know Howard, I think, was at the meeting earlier this week about the new development that's going to be west of here that Olympia is doing. And I think there was some general consensus from those of us like myself who live on that back west wall there about um, basically they're planning a parkway going that old length of the wall and about the height of our walls back there that some of them you can easily see over into the yard. And I'm just wondering if the board knows about that issue and if there's anything that can be done about raising those back walls and who would be responsible for that. Would that be, are they owned by Providence? And y'all said earlier something about y'all being responsible for outside wall repairs. But it's just, it's a, I know it doesn't pertain maybe to everybody here, but I think people, especially on that whole mile and a half of back west walls, I think are concerned about that coming development. Ms. Angela, it's very, very good concern. Sure. Uh, like you, uh, many of the board members found out just this week of what was planned over there. Uh, but I'll let Larry speak in depth about it. Um, so on the west side of Providence, um, off of Poli Road, 
Olympia companies, uh, that land went to auction by BLM because it was part of BLM disposal area. Uh, that Olympia companies, who was developed the developer of Sky Canyon, they put in a bid and they won the auction for that land. It's approximately 257 acres. It tra the north boundary is, is uh, farm. The south boundary is tropical. They are uh, they were asking or they are going to the, the planning commission to request that that land be rezoned from public facilities to PUD or master plan development so that they are able to build a community over there. They are slated to, if they if that is successful, uh, preliminarily they are looking at 1,500 units to be built on that side. They are also looking to vacate Poli Road. Uh, initially, Poli Road was supposed to be a main arterial for this area, similar to Schomburg, uh four lanes wide with the median. Uh, it's where all the pole lines are out there in the desert. So they are looking to vacate that. With vacating that, they are also looking at putting a 110-foot buffer zone between Providence and this new community and converting that area into a linear park that would be 110 feet plus or minus wide by a mile and a half long. Um, they are working with the city to see whether or not that would be a public park for public access so that any individual would be able to utilize it or if they would be required to make it an amenity similar to their park over in Sky Canyon that's gated that only residents have access to. Um, in reference to your question about the walls, so because of the because of permitting and things of that nature, the building uh, building department will only permit a wall to be a certain height from grade or from the footer. So it's not as easy as adding cores to the top of the wall. It would require permitting. Um, it's very very difficult to get them to give you a variance it, because of the fact that your walls back there usually are at the maximum height that they're allotted by by building, uh, and also. Per Chris Armstrong, he's the vice president of Olympia Companies, they are not looking at changing the grading of that area. So inevitably, if they're not able to change the grading and drop the grading below your wall, then yes, they would still be able to see into your, wall, into your backyard. Um, obviously, any homeowner is able to submit a design review application for review by your sub-association and by the master plan community should you wish to, uh, to attempt to raise the height of your wall. However, you would be required to obtain a permit from the city. Um, and that is very, very difficult, as I stated, because they have a maximum height allotted for your, for your CMU walls um, throughout the valley. And also, Ms. Angela, if you walk along the promenade, you'll see, of course, there are homes that back up to there. Some of those walls are very short, but the landscaping. Can you turn your mic on, Is it not on? It's on. You just got to turn it How's that? Okay, so along the promenade, you have houses that back along to that. This, this part beyond uh, where Pooley Road is, we'll call it Pooley Road Promenade. Uh, the promenade has uh, landscaping that's kind of provide the buffer against there, like trees or um, maybe the spiky bushes, I, I don't know the names of them, but that prevent people from getting close up to the wall. So it's kind of a deterrent. Um, the grassy areas, the sidewalks are more towards the middle, and that helps people from staying away from there. So I just say that to maybe give you a little bit of relief, maybe relax on it. And, and they did say that they were, I think, willing to at least think about some of those things, but I just didn't know if there's something that Providence could do. My other issue related to that is, and again, I don't know if there's anything that Providence can do about it, but how that's going to impact Providence as far as traffic, because that's a lot of traffic. I mean, we already, you know, I 
east-west streets that they're going to be building on. And so, you know, I'm concerned about that for our whole community about how that's going to affect traffic and safety and everything in this area. I, I had that concern too. In fact, uh, Schaumburg, we hear complaints about it being a raceway. Well, what if Pulley Road, which if your house backs up to there, was developed, then you'll have people using that as well. So it's definitely a concern and definitely a topic that we are involved in. Uh, we had a meeting with Michelle Fiore, our city councilman, just the other day. Uh, so yes, we're definitely involved in, in trying to make things right. So also with that, with the, with the traffic, that is a major concern, obviously, traffic traveling from east to west through Providence to get into that new development. Um, per the meeting that we had, they are required to, they will be required to complete Sheet Mountain Parkway in concurrence with their development. So that is to try to alleviate that traffic as well because Sheet Mountain Parkway will be their western border. Um, and so there will be um, arterials that will lead to Sheet Mountain Parkway to allow individuals into that neighborhood over there as well. What's the elevation Sheet Mountain Parkway will be? I'm sorry? What's the elevation on that I do not know. I don't think they know. Do you know for sure that they're going to do that? Because we were at the meeting and that was asked about, about when Sheep Mountain Park would be completed. They mm -hmm. basically said they didn't know. They didn't say anything about that, that they were required to do in, in conjunction with building. In, until such a time that, that in the event that they do get the rezoning, then at that point, that's when you would see that type of information be released. But at this point, that is the information that is being released is that they must completed in concurrence with Sheep Mountain Parkway. And Sheep Mountain Parkway wasn't supposed to get done for several, several years, and but this company wants to get it done sooner, so that's all involved in that discussion. I'm Tom Williams, also bearing the matter, and it was puzzling. But uh, anyways, I was also attended that meeting, and there was reference to working with Providence in developing that in conjunction and possible maintenance so that Providence residents can be involved and use that portion of the land there. Has that been discussed? And can there be a working committee working with this new development to work for the best end of both Providence and this new community? I think that would be very important. I agree. I agree. Uh, so it was just brought up the other day. So discussions. I mean, I know that Larry is in communications with Olympia and City Council and such. So we're definitely involved. And until anything is concrete and put in stone, we can't say yes or no or what's going to happen. But I would love for that to, to be a part of it. Uh, there's concerns, though, because the maintenance it's an increased cost to us. I mean, yes, if we share it with the new development, there's a lot of things that go into it. I'm just well, thinking out loud. Well, on that back wall, I frequently see security drive that back wall. Is that a portion of what we're paying already through Providence? Obviously, if they're using Foley Road, is that ceded temporarily to Providence uh, due so, to Foley <laughs> Road being built? And who would... Who would maintain that road? Would it be the city? Providence or has the easement back there from we have the back accepted. walls. We have not, well, we have not accepted the five-foot landscape easement back there. Um, so there is a five-foot easement uh, in accordance to the master design guideline that was uh, accepted by the city of Las Vegas from Focus Development to develop Focus. I mean, develop Providence. Um, however, because Focus vacated Holy Road, um, we did not. The association did not accept the the easement back there. 
However, in the event that they are able to get the zoning change to PUD and they do decide or they do move forward with whether they install Pulley Road or they install this linear park, then Providence would most likely be approached at that time for that five foot landscape easement back there, then that would be our responsibility. Okay, that, that's a very good question to have answered because one of the things that was mentioned at the meeting was a retention wall added to the Providence wall which would then really, if you drop another two foot wall there, then literally you have people standing mm -hmm. looking in your property. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ultimately, um, inevitably, because of the master design guideline that was that was accepted by the city from Focus, the only land back there that, that Providence would be responsible for at this time um, is the easement, the five foot landscape easement. Anything beyond that five foot landscape easement would not be within the boundaries of Providence, it would be within the boundaries of their parcel. So. Okay. In the back? Oh, so sorry. Welcome. But, uh, thank you. Boy, one of the things we have noticed is it is a raceway on all these Chomper and Grand Teton. It's, it's crazy, especially at night. People, it gets quiet out here and people decide to do these race, raceways. I noticed that we've got little, the, hey, you're going 35 miles an hour and it's flashing at you. Maybe it's a good, maybe it's a good idea to have that. Maybe it's a challenge to some to see if they can beat it. I don't know if that's been thought of. That's disappointing. You, it's funny that you mentioned the speed minders because I've seen like where little kids are walking along and they'll run towards it to try to see how fast they're on foot just to see the numbers go up. So it's a game for them. It's some of the uh, uh, drivers. I, I hate to think that it's a game for them. Uh, for those that don't know, that speed minder, the data is collected monthly and shared with Metro. We have a close association with the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department and. Uh, uh, our courtesy patrol manager, Rob, he meets with them regularly, shares the data so they know where to set up speed, uh, what do you call them, speed traps, uh, for lack of a better word, um, and so they're aware of it. Uh, we just recently found out that they're going to be moving forward with the, putting the lights in along Kualapai that have been in the works for a long time. So that's going to help slow down traffic, of course, with stop lights. It's more than stop signs. Uh, and I don't know for sure about the plans on Schaumburg or Grand Teton that you mentioned, stoplights. I can see Grand Teton and Hualapai, certainly a light going in there before too long. Yeah. Oh, sir, what was your name? And I know oh, you live in Oxford Commons. Yeah. Uh, we're from Oxford Commons. Right. Thank you. I hear Jesus, the microphone. Hi. Uh, question for you. My name is Erica Woolley, and I live in Northern Terrace. And um, there's obviously been a lot of discussion online, and I think, I suspect anyway, that a lot of the people that are here are here to find out more about why our assessments have gone up and to get more involved. And for the record, I would like to get on a committee, so I'm not just here to say my piece. I do want to get more involved. Uh, but my question is, if the finance committee finds, uh, if there's enough people that want to cut expenses to try to get um, our expenses down, I'm kind of curious whether the board is open to that and open to the idea of getting us to where we were before in having our assessments at $150 per quarter. If there was enough people, they're just, I mean, to 
to touch on that, there seems to be two sides in this community. There's people that feel that um, the amount of events and the type of events are great, and then there's obviously other people oops. What did I do? Oh, sorry. Um, that feel that uh, maybe we should be cutting expenses, and I'm on that side where I feel like, you know, there's some areas where we can save money, and there seems to be a real struggle that way in our community to figure that out. And I think one of the frustrations for the people that have been vocal is we haven't really felt like we've been heard enough because there hasn't been any discussion to kind of roll back the quarterly assessments back to where there, like there is no one-time assessment. It just seems like we have to accept it. Um, and there hasn't been any sort of indication that publicly, I guess because there hasn't been a meeting either, that, um, that there's a commitment to sort of get our spending in line. So, uh, Mr. Name, I know you live in Northern Terrace. Yes. Erica Woolley. Erica. Oh. <coughs> well, hey, I know that as being a board member here, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to get here myself. values 
of the 5,700 homes. And I want to address something that Jeff mentioned earlier. Jeff Bennett was a gentleman um, yelling at Larry. Um, he, asked, he asked about a special assessment. And the thing that this board does not like about a special assessment uh, from the advice we got is how it affects the sale and the mortgage underwriting of your home. Use increase of $10 in the calculation to determine if you could qualify for a mortgage is an insignificant number when you're buying a $200,000, $400,000 home. It, it's very tiny. A, a special acceptance of $600, $1,200 sits out there until it's paid off and, and we're advised raises flags with mortgage underwriters. What's going on here? Are there financial troubles in the community? Is there something to be concerned about here? That's the professional advice that we receive. Um, which led us to move away from a special assessment. We didn't think that was in the best interest of all the homeowners to do it in that fashion. Um, one other thing I'd like to point out, budget numbers are simply that. They're, they're a budget, I said that earlier. It doesn't mean we've written a check for all those expenses. For instance, Larry has the uh, estimated number for 2019. We were under our budget expenses with a $200,000 budget. <laughs> about $200,000, we anticipate will be under by a greater amount in 2020. Is that a, a fair estimation early on? Ideally, we, we would like to be, depending upon the projects. We, we hope to be. Everything in the budget does not mean we're writing a check and going forth. Um, we, we scrapped the program tonight that was budgeted for $12,000. Everything in there doesn't mean it's gonna happen. It doesn't mean it's gonna cost that much. Uh, it's simply a guideline. It's a budget. It's not a final expense. Keep that in mind when thinking about the budget, but I wanted to address the special assessment. Uh, from a perspective of, of homeowners, we don't think that's a good way to go, um, and, and that's why we didn't do a special assessment. Uh, if we find, ideally, that we are flush with funds as we move forward over the next couple of years, it's very easy to vacation assessments for a quarter. Hey, we're not paying the fourth quarter of 20, 2021. Everybody gets a free quarter. Um, that is manageable, easy, and, and, and hopefully something that we can announce, or whoever's on the board can announce that they're able to do. Um, we're, we're happy people are here. Walt said it twice, and he's right. It's usually five familiar faces and the five of us doing this every two months. Uh, it's nice to see some new people. I, I wish you had come out before and, and been part, but I'm happy that you're part now. I, I hope we'll see some of you in March. Um, two months after that, and two months after that, and you make it a, a regular two months occurrence. We do a lot of work here. We do it out in the open in front of five people. Not many people request the video recordings, but we're here every two months doing this. And we hope you will attend. Uh, and I appreciate y'all coming out tonight for uh, one of our longer meetings, but not our longest. Uh, who, who's next? Thank you for listening to me.
extra things that don't seem to fit in the budget, because when we ask why are these raised, it's because the reserve fund was not funded correctly in the first place. And that was the management of you guys not putting it there correctly in the first place. So now we are literally paying for it. So if this next year you're funding the reserve fund correctly, that's great. But we need to cut back on other things so you're not punishing us for your mistake of managing our money. So everything that you put in front of us for budgets, we are paying for. And we need a voice. You need to hear us when we say that that's a problem because those are our dues you're using and we're mismanaging those funds. We like the events. I'm not arguing against the events. People like them. But we need to cut back on them if it means saving us money where we need it to go, which is the reserve fund to cover the expenses for these big projects. The other thing is when you say only 10, 10 people are complaining about the budget, that's officially. There have, people been, there have been people that come in to the office, there have been email calls, we've had discussions with Walt and other board members, and for some reason that's not recorded or counted as complaints. And you can't compare that to the events being well attended. Because events are always going to be well attended, people may not understand the cost associated with it, and the events are not always only Providence homeowners attending it. So you are telling us that we don't need, you almost, what I heard, was only 10 people complained about it, that's not a lot, of vo a lot enough voice. We've been complaining about this for months now, and we've known this kind of issue for longer than that. We've known since early spring that we thought it would have to go up. But if you take the surveys of the events and you say only about 300 people did the surveys, but the events are well attended, you're also skewing those statistics because that doesn't represent all of Providence either. So you can't, you can't use one statistic against us and then use the same statistics in your favor when it comes to things that contradict what you want. Does that make sense? Sure, so it, the, we need to be heard on the budget. And I think what she was asking was, how do we fix it? What is the official way where we can fix this problem and go over the budget line by line and figure out what can be cut? We don't want everything to go down to zero and cut everything out. We enjoy our community. But there's got to be things we can cut. How can we do that? How do we sit down and go over the budget line by line? Because our dreams did not need to be raised at all. One at a time, please, and we're trying to address each comment at, at, at a time. Um, I will let you know the Providence Master Homeowner Association has an official Facebook page, an official Instagram page, an official Twitter page. Those are the only pages that you will see any of our information disseminated by us. So, Providence LVHOA, uh, Providence LVHOA right? Question about the no, Facebook thing is, is don't do social media. 
can't put, you can't tell me, and you, you said this earlier, mm -hmm. that we can do an official post. Yes. A legal post, I'm assuming, is how I'm going to associate that. Mm -hmm. On Facebook, that's not legal. Because okay. if I don't do social media, then that's that can't be your means of communication okay. to me. That, that's not legal. I, I think that topic, what Larry said, that's how the city communicated it. That was regarding the pour of the concrete. Is that what we're talking about with social media? Ask him, because he made the statement. It was communicated by the... By, it was communicated by the association on a p behalf of the city of Las Vegas and the association because it is a city of Las Vegas park that is operated and programmed by the association. So if we go to sue the city, who's going to fork the bill? I'm You're, guaranteed that they're going to send the bill. Chris, we can have that conversation offline if you'd like. No, it's, it's an open forum. Okay. Well, I'm not, uh, that's something you'd want to call the city attorney about. Sir, what is, your, what is your name and where is your... Marcus Fernandez, I'm in Saratoga Highlands. Thank you, sir. We need to not have any events for a whole year to get the reserve funds done so I don't have to pay extra money because we don't have reserve funds, then do it. Don't have fireworks this year. Have one year of not spending a bunch of events so we don't have to pay the bill. We don't want to put the bill. 
have social media. And I guarantee there's more people in the community than just me that does not have social media. And you cannot be communicating people through social media. You guys don't even know your own handle, so even if I wanted to add you right I'm now, sorry, it's probably just okay. the HOA. I it's been a it, it's been a long day, ma'am. Some like I said, we, it's been a very long day for some of us. So I apologize if we don't have it. Usually, it's on the it's on the TV. So, um, but ultimately, but ultimately, the the. That's a valid question, Mr. Marcus. To your point. Mr. Marcus, that, that one item was the social media thing. We usually we do email blasts. Of course, we do the Providence Post newsletter and things like that. I just got set up to go into the Providence uh, website. website, and that was a pain. And I'm, I'm, I know some people in this community probably don't do uh, electronics as well. Like, Hey, Marcus, real quick. Um, hey, how would you prefer to get your news? It, I mean, because I'm with you. I don't do social media. Either. I don't do social media. I, I, I don't care for it. But I know that a great number of people do. How would you like to get it? A website would be fine. A, a website? If you put all that stuff on the website, that's good. As yeah. long as it's not a pain to get into. It took me a while. It's I mean, a little clunky. I agree. I do like the magazines. They get good information out. Until this petition came out, yeah. I didn't know that we could come and even talk about finances. Because if I had known that, there was, I would have been at those meetings all the time. Yeah. I didn't know all that information. So that, that information has not gotten out well. I'm in the military. I don't have time to like go on social media and check, oh, like what's like is the board up doing good with the budget? Or are we spending like I didn't know about the circus until I drove by. I'm like, why is there a circus in our neighborhood? This is ridiculous. Like, why so, am I getting home from work at 7, 8, or, you know, 2 in the morning, and I'm driving by, and there's a Ferris wheel at the park? Like, what's happening here? And then to see that our funds or our uh, fees are raised, I'm not okay with that. So, Marcus, so, the, the association has a communication strategy, and so there are certain items that obviously – Anything that is required to be sent out, we send it out snail mail. So you get it in the post or you get it, you get a notice, those types of things. However, there are certain items that are needed to be disseminated immediately to the people that at least review it, such as car accidents. If there's a major car accident in the area, I can't send a letter telling you that there's a car accident. It's, to get a, it's after the fact at that point. So we do place those types of items on social media. It is your it is your choice on whether or not you utilize social media. No, Keith, you can implement other items. There's way, so there's so way let me finish. Items. Let me finish, Marcus. Okay. So other items for immediate communication. Okay. So we utilize the social media for immediate communication of items such as car accidents, anything that we do not have the ability to send out uh, via snail mail. What's another way that you can communicate that information? Emails, texts, text, you can make an app we have specifically a, for Providence that has all that information, mm -hmm. aka a website, mm -hmm. which you guys already have, mm -hmm. that you can put into an mm -hmm. app. People can download an app mm -hmm. and get a notification, hey, annual board meeting mm -hmm. is tonight. You should come to it mm -hmm. and vote on your finances so that we don't raise your fees. Stuff like that. But social media is not an acceptable way to communicate to people. So the communication strategy, maybe they should have a communi uh, communication committee that helps 
So one of the one of the goals that the that the board of directors placed out there last year, and it was in my it was in the September Post in my article, is text messaging, mass text messaging. Okay, so the association is actively looking into those types of programs. However, in accordance to the laws, you have to be able to double opt in, and so that's what we're looking at. So that will be another option that will be coming online hopefully this year, should the board adopt that poll, that uh, that that app. We do utilize the Providence Reporter app as well. Have you downloaded that? Okay. I didn't know what it was. So we do, have, we do have a Providence Reporter app that is utilized to uh, announce certain items. You also are able to report items to us, such as irrigation leaks, lost dogs, um, non-compliance violation items, et cetera. But ultimately, at this time, the association is utilizing the tools that are available, and those tools that we're utilizing for immediate communication to those individuals is social media. You talked about emails. We only have approximately 2,500 or less of the unit owner's email addresses, and ultimately, we do we we send out the gazette to those email addresses to anybody who's registered for the website, and we report back to the board the click rate, the open rate for that. So, and most of the time, the open rate is right around 50%. So that means that about. 1,250 people are actually reviewing the items that are sent out by the association on a weekly basis. So there are several avenues of communication that the association utilizes. There's several, out of, I, I, there's several avenues of communication that the association is looking at utilizing for the future. And we will bring those to the board of directors for their review and possibly their implementation. And hopefully one of those will work for you just like hopefully one of those will work for Keith and anybody else who doesn't utilize the communication avenues that are currently in place. Do you get those emails? No. He just signed up for the website. Well, so I you haven't so had them yet? For about, uh, at the end of last year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this is nice because there's actually stuff on there that I could have downloaded when I did my background. The past couple of weeks was the holiday week, so there wasn't a lot going on, but you should get it Fridays, every mm -hmm. Friday the email. So can, can we put on the agenda to a communications thing? Can you guys add that to the agenda to actually review you can, communications for the uh, you, If you submit a written request to the management office, we'll present, yes, yes, we prefer written, written correspondence. We'll present that to the board of directors for their consideration to be placed on a future agenda. Absolutely. Hey, Marcus, Marcus, Marcus those, those are some good ideas. Thank you. There is a suggestion box on the website. There's a suggestion box on the website. That's written request. Correct. Yes. How many conversations are we having? We're having one with Marcus. Marcus, how long have you been in Providence? We moved here September 2017. Yeah, but he was deployed and I was gone for a whole year, so. Well, I just.
the welcome process yeah. can probably be Ma'am, I, I apologize about that. However, Everything um, can be improved. Yeah, all regist registration for the website is done through the website. It's not done through the web well, through the welcome packet, so I apologize. Um, the welcome packet has informational information in it, but there's no there's no items in the welcome packet that you would have received from us that would have been needed to be sent back. Well, homeowner information form. I do apologize. So the homeowner information form is it would be in there. Um, however, that's an additional cost to the association if we include any type of return envelope, uh, pre prepaid postage envelope, things like that. That's something the board can certainly look at in the future. No, it's, it was up. It was actually the, the 300 were the surveys that we received. We received 368 homeowner surveys back to the association. That's not the attendance at the circus. The attendance at the circus was because the circus handled it. Um, and I apologize. It's been a long. It's been a long day. But the attendance at the circus was over 3,000 people. Mr. James has the mic. Because obviously people know that Providence does really good things. No, but so, sir, so some of they had to check in with the, the Traditions app. Okay. The Traditions app. Right. Okay. But anyways, the point that I'm trying to make is, is please, like, if you don't manage your household budget this way, and I hope that you truly don't, is that you spend money and then you have an emergency and then you have to go and take a credit card charge out. Like, I hope that that's not the five of you or the six of you manage your household budget because that's how you're managing our budget. Right. And that's not fair to us for, for the guy who, who has no children that are young that's, that's going to the circus. But if it's that important to the community, I'll support it. But I won't support it. And I'll come here and complain about it if you tell me you're going to raise my dues. And the dollar amount is so inconsequential is that you really didn't care about my need. You didn't care. Nothing in your decision making on the 4th of July, on the TOPS program, on any other program, that didn't matter to you. 
And that's not right to me. Because fiduciary, you guys are irresponsible. I'm a retired service member, retired law enforcement, I've been president of the union, so I know all these things, law the rules of order, which you violated, that's for sure. And that's not the way this is supposed to be done, if this is about the community. So if you guys take a step back, swallow your pride, swallow your ego, and if you do that, then you'll get the support of the people that's in this room. But if you cross your arms like you did, and like you did, and like you did, because I'm watching and she was right, it was body language, she was absolutely correct. Don't take a defensive posture because you made the mistake. We didn't make the mistake, and these gentlemen here are quoting laws. Hey, sir, real quick with the body language thing. Uh-huh. I'm just, I'm just complete ignorant. I have no idea what you're talking about. No problem. Okay. No, no problem. Right. No problem. Okay, I mean. These gentlemen quote, and like, I respect you, and all of you guys that are involved in this, I, I truly respect you, because you're doing what I don't want to do. And I applaud you. But now you got me coming to the meetings. And I don't want to come to another meeting. Because I want you guys to do your job. That's all I want you to do is to do your job. And if you have to cancel every event, Marcus, cancel every event. I see you got me thinking about it now. And then bring them back next year. And that's that's easy. But you got to want to do it. You got to want to do it. So there is a. These guys are making millions off of us. Have them So to your point, Kurt, there's a couple of things. First of all, that all the builders have paid into a builders co-op that has that pays for many events. The Fourth of well, July is. Listen to me. The big events like Fourth of July was one of them that they paid for. But now that they're done being built, that money is exhausted. So. Listen to me. So we have a traditions program, which is uh, uh, companies and businesses can be a part of, and they pay money into it, as well as sponsor events. And we've had that happen, where uh, like Finley Honda puts out a big thing for events, and it helps offset the cost. So yes, we do have those programs in place. And, 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 and sir, just so you're aware, um, up, until, up until the beginning of last year, there was only one build, or up until the end of last year, there was only one builder still here. And that's KB Commons. That's Oxford Commons. Um, there's only two homes that are, are that are left for sale in Oxford Commons um, until the Brownstones at Providence breaks ground, which is a 30-unit town, 30-unit townhome community, um, which they're slated to break down ground sometime. They say this year, but ultimately there are no builders here in Providence anymore. All the homes have been built. Um, on my reports to the board at this time, we report that there's 5,630 and. Sorry, it's been a long night. 5,636 homes, 34 homes. And so all those homes have essentially been built, and then the only homes left will be 30 townhomes in the annexation or annexable area of Providence because there is no more land within the boundaries of Providence at this time. I, I think your point is there's a large audience and someone would want to sponsor the event. Is that your point, sir? No, well, the other thing is, I mean, they can write it off. The other thing, those uh, uh, trucks that come on the Tuesdays or uh, truck and Tuesday, do we pay for those trucks to come in? Then we pay for them. We don't pay for them. Nope. They pay us. They pay us. They pay us. They pay, they pay us every us. time. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that covers. Okay, that's, 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 that's
Somerset, what was your name? From Somerset. Thank you, Mike. Hi, Dorothy Petrie from Emerson. I want to know where can I find the agenda for each of these meetings? What? Because Emerson mailed it out. I realize it's a whole community. But where do I find the agenda so I know if I want to attend meetings that they're going to tell me that they're going to raise my HOA? It's posted on the website. Providence. LVHOA.com. Typically, is a link in the Gazette, um, and also you are able to contact our office, and we are happy to provide it to you electronically if you'd like. Right, because I don't know when to expect it to be. I don't remember. So I mean, my calendar is filled with documents. No, absolutely. So so the agenda, the, the finalized agenda, is available um, no less than five days before the meeting. Okay, so the Friday before. So every Friday, I should check. Absolutely. If you contact me the Friday before a meeting, I'll be happy to send it to you. Yes. And you know, and you know how in the email it says upcoming events. Right. And you know, at the bottom of it where we have that. So that's when um, we we generally put a, between like four and six, depending on whatever is happening. Like between this and this. So meeting, on one of those Fridays, the agenda will be there. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, a lot of times we put it towards the top. Not always. So please don't quote me in saying it's always. But there are times when we put it on top as well. So. Um, 
Ms. Dorothy, and for everybody, the Board of Directors meeting is generally held the second Thursday of every other month. The second Thursday of every right. other month. Right, so it's January, March, May, etc. Yeah, I just wanted to also, my name is Dennis Massetti, I'm from the Member Center regarding the news uh, increase. I want to reference Nevada Revised Statute 116.3115. It is the association's responsibility to properly fund the reserves as noted in Section 2B as follows. The association shall be shall establish adequate reserves funded on a reasonable basis. Folks, if this was funded correctly, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in right now. All right? So I'm holding every one of you people responsible for the mess that we're in now. And don't talk to us people like we're some kind of dummies here. We know what's going on. It's unconscionable what was done. You folks knew in 2017 that you weren't funding the, uh, the reserve account correctly. You are responsible for this mess. Don't put it on us. And I'll tell you what, your $43,000 increase that is not going to cover the shortfall to cover the, the mess that you got us in now, okay? So think about it real hard because we're a little fed up with all you representatives up there because you didn't do a damn thing for people here. Your responsibility to us is nil. Thank you. Um, I, I know that we don't want to get into item by item discussing people's opinions about various things because I know I'm even hearing some differences of opinions that I have about what should be paid for and what shouldn't. But the one thing I did want to ask about, the one thing that at least in the discussions I've seen mainly online that I don't think there's really much disagreement about is the free alcohol at events. So I'm wondering the board's thoughts about that. I mean, like I say, the things like the mailings, like your Mark is saying he likes those slip mailers as well. Probably remembers I posted something saying, why are we paying for those things? They seem expensive and pricey. So I understand that there's differences and things like that. But I haven't seen anybody argue against people who have said, why are we giving away all this free alcohol at events? And yeah, it's, you know, all the, it's a small amount probably in the big picture, but all that stuff adds up. And I also don't think it's a real good idea for us to be encouraging drinking. I mean, people probably are gonna drink more if it's free beer versus if I have to pay three bucks for a beer. And the very first event I ever came to, I took money up to go pay for it because I, I thought that was crazy when they told me, no, you don't have to pay for it. So that, that one's one that I just can't, I just don't see. I have, like I say, I haven't heard anybody come up with a good argument for why that should be kept. So Ms. Angela, I, I know there was alcohol, I know there was alcohol provided at the annual meeting. There's, where's Jen at? There's an alcohol at the No, 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 I was going to ask if there was any events that are free to attend that have alcohol in it. I don't believe there are any. Other than the but even if there's not, there's other like than the five bucks to attend, and then I can drink five beers. No, sometimes there, there are there are sometimes it's there twenty dollars to this. Yeah, there, there, everybody is, receives drink tickets, so it, it is not it is not a free for all. The association does hire a licensed or uh, hires a professional bartender to come in 
so that that is that is addressed and is also that it is something that's changed because i think the last event i went to was like maybe around st patrick's day of last year has that is that something that's changed because i know then there were not drink tickets given out we could go mm -hmm. and get as many beers as we wanted I, I think, think it, it depends on the event. event. I remember they actually ran out of beer and somebody went on a beer run to go get more beer because there wasn't enough beer left because it was all drained. So is that, is that I mean, I, like I say, I think, well, I, I think I looked at like two events last year and I think they were earlier in the year, so maybe y'all changed it since then, but... The only one yep. I've been to where we got drink tickets was that beer thing on the promenade where you paid like 20 bucks and got the lanyard with five tickets or whatever. I'm pretty sure aside from the annual meeting that was just held, all the events charge for alcoholic drinks. And and like Larry said, if, I want to say all of them, but maybe just most of them have drink tickets issued. What about the meet and greet meetings? Do you have alcohol to meet and greet also? That is true. That is true. I forgot about that Who's one. Who's controlling that? Neighborhood meet and greet. We have a bartender. So, again, are you so that, when you say who could... It's come about in the last few years. In fact, the prices have been increasing that we charge to the events. So we're gradually getting more and more expensive, if you want to use that word. Mm -hmm. So yes, is it new? Yes, because a few years ago that wasn't the case. And it's been increasing in price. I'm, I'm saying myself. Okay. Could I address uh, one thing about the reserves? There's some misinformation that's going around saying that we knew about something this in 17. In 17, I don't have the numbers in front of me, thank you. But we were well funded. We were probably well over 80%, maybe close to 90% of that. And the, the main issue, we even at 70%, we were funded enough to do all of the scheduled maintenance that's outlined in the reserves. What happened, this is just being ignored, but what happened was the builder, before they put in our irrigation lines, let them sit in the sun for months and months and months. Years. And so, years, okay. Those and that have lived here a while might remember the uh, landscape yard across the street there that had the big ugly fence around it. <clears throat> and so our irrigation is failing much sooner than it should have. There was enough money in the reserves if, if it lasted its expected life, but it didn't. And so, just let me... Okay. Um, and so we're, we're talking about one and a half million, something like 1. that. 1.2. 1.2 million to replace all of these. And we just didn't have the reserve funds to do that because this was not a scheduled maintenance. This is something that happened that was not known to us. And I, like I said, we were in very good shape at 17 and most of 18. And if you look at our water usage over this last year, we're like $69,000 over budget because of these irrigation issues. And it's something we had to address. So, we went after the builder. Okay. Can I? Can I well, speak? Should I speak? Should I speak? Okay. Uh, name and uh, uh, associate. We, we, we cannot discuss that because it, it, it's, it's...
So are there any more comments for the board? Okay. Uh, my, my name is Don Williams. I'm from uh, Barrington Manor. Just if this board was taking this serious, you would not come before us and say that our reserves are set at 69% for 2020. That's what I heard. But that's what I've heard. If I heard right, what I was hoping to hear was that a good rating for an HOA would be 90%. You don't want more, you don't want 100 or 110%. You want 90%. Why can't the board set a target of 90% for this year and make that an established habit? That's what I would like to know. The, the, the level of the reserves is floating. We're not always going to be able to maintain it at 90% just because there are some years that we're going to need to dip into it a lot, depending on the schedule maintenance. It fluctuates. But yes, I would like to say at least at 80%. But you are comfortable coming into this meeting saying that next year, this year, we would be at 69%. That's what I don't think the board is hearing. That's not what I said. A change needs to come, a target set, whether it's reached or not. But if I go to my school and my kid says, Dad, I'm going to get 69% on my grade this year. I know I did better in years past. That wouldn't pass muster. Please be respectful. Set a target for the board and explain that and own what happened. That's all that people are asking. Then people are happy to move on from a measly $120, which is not breaking anybody but own what happened, move on from it, and set a target. Because I looked at the budget, and the budget was underfunded for reserves for the last two years. You can pull out the documents and look at that. And money was put in other areas that could have been transferred. It was not done responsibly. So the excuses continue, own it, and then, then, then we'd be happy. That's all. Like I said, back in, in 17, we were funded close to 90%. That's but, and, okay, we have the unexpected expenses that we're still dealing with. You don't want to hear that. That's fine. But I did not say that in 2020 we're going to be at 69%. I, I was, that's what I heard was 69%. No, what I, what I reported was 66.9% is what we were funded in November. Two months ago. Okay, I was, I was just, my report was through November 30th of last year. So then we were underfunded last year, certainly. Because 60, of all the expenses we had to deal with. Yes. That's, that's, that's. And keep in mind, in the 2019 budget, we had budgeted $7,000, and we couldn't put more than per month contributing to reserves. But it went from 7000 to 43000 That's 7000 seems totally inadequate for the reserve fund. And that, that just makes absolutely no sense. Well, if you look where we were at in 18, it was justified. But in 19, we had a lot of expenses that we did. The professional uh, recommendation said okay. much more than $7,500. Tom, we and certainly hear you. It. And we've already increased the amount. Maybe in the future, we'll increase the amount even more Chris, to meet the goal. Chris has been waiting. 
missing here is the fact that the board didn't fund what was requested or even recommended. Why was that the choice? So now we're going to go silent. I'm writing down what you're saying, Chris. Chris. Why did the board choose to buy it, to go against the reserve study? You were suggested to do a certain fund, but you chose to underfund. And I know, I know between you all and Neil, you don't like the word underfund because that's not in your dictionary. You either fund, overfund, or underfund. Chose to underfund. The word is adequately fund. And the word is adequately funded the reserve. So why did you choose not to fund it at the percentage that you were recommended by the professor? If you're asking about 2017, let me just say maybe we didn't want to raise assessments back then. Maybe. Maybe that was my idea. Okay, I'll speak for myself. I didn't want to raise assessments back then. If, if that's an adequate enough reason, I, I can see that because I certainly didn't want to raise assessments. I had to go home and tell my wife, hey, the board voted to raise assessments, you know, and she's not going to be happy with that. But how come you can allow 7% surveys to drive the increase of events? How do you uh, uh, recommend that we get more people to respond to the surveys? First of all, how do you know if those 7% surveys are valid? I don't understand what you mean. How are you able to confirm that those 7% surveys that you receive are from legit homeowners? Oh, we have, double check. What's that? That's IP address. Yeah, we go by IP address. We go by uh, email addresses that we already have on file. It's interesting that the board has our IP addresses. You can I pull up. I won't even get into the spectrum. You <laughs> don't even so, tell me because I'll tell you right now, CISSP certified, and I will tell you what that violates. You can so well, well, Chris, right what I mean I is that SurveyMonkey is the service that we use. Okay. So they log IP addresses. Okay, so now here's going to be my next question. If you guys could trust SurveyMonkey to do a 7% rise on events, how come when you needed 50% plus one to say no on the budget? You couldn't use SurveyMonkey for that. And you just stated that you have IP addresses to validate all the homeowners. Okay, so, so that's why could you not required, use SurveyMonkey? That's required by Nevada revised statute. No, no. It is. I mean, you Nevada can look it up. Nevada statute allows you to dictate how you want to handle the vote. You can do it the way you want. Well, I'm unfamiliar with how you can do a budget ratification via online thing, but I'm happy to look into it. So, Chris, if you'd like to if you'd like to share that information, I'll be happy to present it to the well, board. Well, John Leach is your collection attorney. No, he's not. Oh, he's not. No, he's not. He's never been the collections the collections agent for the association. John Le so we use Kirby Gruco at his office. It's Leach Kern Gruco. We do not use John Leach for corporate counsel. We do not use John Leach for collections. It's through it's Kirby Gruco. It's one of the named partners there that does our collections directly. So I'm guessing if you were to ask Kirby, Kirby can go, Hey John, next door, what's the answer? Kirby Kirby is not corporate counsel for the association. I understand that. You're just you're talking in the circles. You have somebody that works in the same office as God. Okay? You're telling me you always want to do things behind closed doors. You got people there on the floor. We're trying to get things fixed. Okay? 
I met with Neil. This is my exact same point. Okay? You guys wasted my, my time to come and sit and meet with you guys, and nothing is added to the agenda from the conversation that I've had. That pisses me off. Endlessly. Why am I going to come here as a concerned homeowner and waste my time and sit down and have a conversation with somebody only to find out everything that I spoke about isn't even on the agenda? And Larry, you walked in the office when Neil and I were talking, so don't act surprised that I was here. No, you, were, you, you were in my office, and I walked in, and I provided you with information as you asked questions. So, Chris, this uh, uh, online budget ratification thing, it's interesting. I want to hear about it. So if you could, I want to know what program you used, what service and everything, because if we can do that, of course that's great. I wish we could do online voting for elections. You know, I'm told that the, the Nevada revised statute doesn't allow for it. But if it does, then let's see it and let's put it into action. Thank you. You, sir, you had... So the question, question that she just asked me, which is a good question, and I, I'm going to ask it on her behalf, is how were the surveys sent out to everybody? Because I know for a fact... I never received a survey with survey. We put it in the uh, post newsletter, first of all. We put it on our website, the uh, website, for, certainly. Uh, the Facebook page uh, with all the social media thing. We put it in the email blast for multiple weeks, the Providence Gazette email blast, multiple weeks. And I, as I said before, I'm happy to entertain other ways of getting that survey out to people, oh, get well, more people to participate. To your Providence account. I'm sure a lot of people want to take the time to Right. And so then they, then they maybe they don't want to take. <laughs> so I, I'm sure a lot of people want to give their feedback, but then they have to create an account and know their ID number and all that. I mean, I do the surveys, but all these people say they don't get it, but they do. Mm -hmm. They just have to create an account. Mm -hmm. right. So maybe there's education that needs to be done on creating an account. I agree. Yeah. What do you, what do you recommend for that? What's that law? What do you recommend? I mean, why do we need to sign into our account? Why can't it just be a link? Because we want to make it sure that it's a Providence authorized person, you know, a homeowner. We don't want people from Sky Ken. For example, but you the. Said you have our information, so go to our emails. Right, so we send it out in the email, the Providence. Well, you but only. Then you have to click it, and then it goes to the Providence page, and you have to sign in and mm -hmm. create a Providence account. I don't think it does. Yes, I can show you. It does. does. Okay. Mm -hmm. Believe me. It does. And that's For the survey? Time, and mm -hmm. after the survey? And then also, then you get a $50 gift card for filling it out. You get entered into a raffle. You do not get that, a fifty dollars right, no. Yes. But you get what I'm saying. And again, that's to encourage people. We want people to participate. As I said already, it's so great that everybody's here and giving us these ideas. I've written down several sheets of paper of all these ideas and such. But we want to hear that. We can't. We don't have a Facebook that is only Providence residents can see. The Providence LVHOA. That is a that is a page. It, it is, is a not a public. group. It is a not a, it is page. not a group. It is a page. Correct. So it's also the the link is also included in the Providence Post, and that is mailed to all unit owners. So all all homeowners. No, no, no. All homeowners Probably. receive the post, the magazine, the, the bi-monthly magazine. All homeowners receive the post. In the post is the survey link. So they are able to go to go to open up a browser and type in that survey link, and it'll pull up that survey link. Yeah.
We don't. And that's don't. why we do the mail. Of course they don't. So we have a tradi the traditions card. It's digital now, and there are some people that don't have cell phones that can have a, a digital image on there. So they contact the office. How do I get a digital traditions card? And we print that out in paper for them. And the same accommodation could be made for a person who can't fill out a survey online. Contact the office and say, hey, they got this survey, but it's online. How do I participate? What's the best way to get feedback, in your opinion? So, I believe that costs about 50 cents to a dollar per door if we were to hand it to I don't know how it's cheaper. You were going to say. Yeah, we don't have that information. Sir, can we, can we? Mr. Chris, you still have the microphone? Uh, this gentleman here with the uh, soda can that's making very delicious. Okay. Does any other homeowners have anything for the board? Just appointed to, yes. to the finance committee. But the point is, you know, if I come in and I say I want to get rid of all the events, sure. a valid suggestion, because I'm very serious, let's get this budget back under control. Well, my next door neighbor might disagree with that. So you've got to figure out a way to say, okay, our finances are in trouble. Own that mistake, okay? Our finances are in trouble. We would like to cut some things. Here's, here's some things we'd like to cut. Somebody, I'm sure there are committees where people would volunteer to be on a committee to go over as a homeowner. I don't want to see this, this, and this. Well, you just had a point to the committee yeah. to do that. So I know, and I want to. So if I, on a finance finance committee, and we propose get rid of all of these things, you guys will take that. Okay, seat. so somebody kind of asked this earlier, so let me offer this. Okay. I, I don't know if you know, this is my first board meeting, and I have never been to a finance committee meeting. So I'm only speaking as a member of the design review committee Earlier, there were a couple people here from that committee. Uh, they've since left. I don't ever remember making a decision at the design review committee that was not approved by the board. Now, these are two different things, right? But what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to illustrate is the decisions or recommendations that are made by those committees are taken seriously by this board or they have been in the past. So that would be my recommendation, that as a member of the Finance Committee, you can make recommendations to this board. I don't mean they're always going to follow those recommendations, but that would be the best avenue for change. Okay, so we basically made all the decisions in the Design Review Committee. I don't ever remember going to these guys. All right, so that was my original question. Yeah. What is, what is the proper way? You keep telling us, let's oh, that's what I would discussion. Do. Where did that discussion that's start? Because we think it's here at a board meeting. We're telling no, you no, 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 no. It's going right over your head. So it clearly needs to be told to a finance committee or the lifestyle committee, but the lifestyle committee is only getting. 
negotiating the finance committee and how much things have cost. Those two don't seem to be talking to each other. So there's issues like that. So that's where you guys take responsibility to say, the lifestyle wants to add this, wants to add this event. That's initially a good idea, but the finance committee says our finances are in trouble. You should just mix it right there and not just say the community wants it. So it, at the end of the day, it still comes back to you making responsible decisions. I agree, but you asked me, what can you do? Okay. So that's what I'm telling you. But but I agree with you 100%. That that would all come back here. Also, in a way, talking to each other. And that, yes. That comes to you guys. You guys are the ones that's gathering all this information. Agreed. Make responsible decisions based off that information. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. Before you say that, Ms. Katie, just to piggyback, Lori, of what you said, Ms. Angela was talking about uh, charging for alcohol events, not giving away free alcohol. I think that's a good idea. I attend alcohol events. Uh, it, and if we increase the price, then that would be fine for me. I can't speak for the rest of the board, but so that's some, that's one idea, just an example that I'm taking into consideration. Yeah, let's pay for that. It, let's say the, the people that attend it pay for it. That There's just makes sense. Say, um, like, like the Mormon church, they don't, their members don't drink alcohol. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So they should not even be, there shouldn't be alcohol at anything. Yeah, but you know we're not going to make decisions that way. Why not? Let's let's not let's not, not well, let's not go down that yeah I, I would recommend we do not go down that path during this conversation. Thank you. I grew up Catholic. It was required to drink. So I mean. Okay. I'd like to make a point. Yes, sir. I got one quick question. How does it make sense to increase? And I'm, I'm asking for an honest answer. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm not going to get the signer's dead room. But I honestly want you to answer this. How can you honestly vote to approve a budget that has an increase in assessments and still sleep at night knowing that you? also approve that same budget to increase events for non-essential funds. How can you feel that that's okay for this community? Granted, you only had 7%. So if we're going to say 7% was okay, so I'm going to safely assume 83% of these people probably chose not to answer because they probably have no idea what the hell's going on, or they just entrust the board that they're going to do the right thing until they find out the true facts at the October meeting. How much was the social lifestyle, the events budget, increased from last year? How much? Well, I don't think it was increased very much, if at all. It was increased. And, and in fact, it just lost $12,000 tonight. No, that was so for me. It, 
it is a, a budget that is, you know, it's a guideline to go by. It doesn't mean we have to meet that budget. We also talked about how the 4th of July event was decreased in price. But you added another event to so, the circus, sure. which was roughly, this, we don't know what the number is, but we'll say safely about $20,000. So the circus was last year's budget. We don't have a circus plan for this year. Um, and, but a lot of the events that we added on, some of them are town hall meetings, such as uh, the sheriff coming to talk, or uh, other Nevada Department of Transportation, Michelle Fiore, our city councilman, come out. These are minimal expenses, but we still count them as events, you understand. Some events are even by vendors, such as we have, uh, we've had in the past, uh, um, well, Westpac, um, um, uh, what do you call it, retirement planners or, or investment. They pay for their event to come out and speak with homeowners. They've had like Medicare informational sessions, which is for, you know, people that are of older age might be interested in. We've had uh, uh, various events like that. Those are education sessions. There's minimal amount cost to the association and in fact even paid for by those traditions partners, but yet they still count as an event. There was. We had to plan in advance for that. We had ground payments paid and everything like that. The contract was signed in January without having the contract. I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was back uh, early last year that we signed that for. The point is. No, somebody said something. They called me here. The contract. The contract for the for the circus was signed early in 2019. The the in order to terminate the contract, it had to be. I, I'd have to pull the contract. Chris, if you if you if you want after the meeting, I'll be happy to provide you with the contract. Okay. All right. But in my opinion, not the board's, but my opinion, having the circus event. If if we had known early on that we were going to be having this irrigation problem, no, you're right. We would not have had a circus. That doesn't make any sense in the world. And and so it was horrible, horrible timing. All right. This is the I I admit that. On the dead horse. You guys spoke about the circus. You had three thousand. I think when I heard it in the July meeting, I'll use the July recording that I heard that kind of made me chuckle. It said we had about 5,550 homes. Would everybody agree if we were to say the average household has three members in the household? Would be a fair number? Mm -hmm. So if we just round up that 5,000 number to 6,000, just to make a simple equation, 6,000 times three is 18,000 within our community. We had 3,000 children. How is that justifiable for something when you couldn't even get 50% of your community into that tent? 3,000 was not sell out. But I understand what your point is. So not everybody attends events. My neighborhood has block parties every year and not everybody's able to go. It's on Saturday evening. Some people have uh, soccer practice and all this stuff. Everybody's not going to be able to attend every event. But Larry, there was a But there was, it was not sold out. Am I suggesting that it was poorly the attended? The circus was poorly attended? Only because of the way that you guys scheduled it, yes. 
because you did create enough time slots for people to attend. None of the time slots were 100% full. That's not of all four. None of the time slots of all four of them were 100% full. You better take a look at your, your post. Your I will be happy to, I'll be happy to take a look at that with my communications because coordinator tomorrow. I will be happy to take a look at that tomorrow with my communications coordinator, but I will tell you because I was out there the entire day, none of the slots were full, 100% 100% max capacity. So, yes. Well, in the military, the sun, no, the Sunday, the Sunday, the Sunday event. The reason why these, the the association, the the contract, um, the the circus wasn't more was because of the fact that the board of directors authorized them to utilize Sunday for military day. Yes, and so the military, the, those t they were given tickets that were provided to the ch to military charities to be provided, um, and so that was a hundred percent separate from uh, from the event for the association on Saturday. Well, that was nice. Yeah. I didn't see I, that. I agree, though, because a lot of people said they couldn't make it at a certain time, mm -hmm. so it was supposed to no. be Sunday morning. We, um, I will tell you that on Sunday morning, I did receive a phone call stating that they thought that it was coming from Providence. It was not. We actually did end up sending a cease and desist to a third party that was attempting to say that the event was open and that they had tickets, but that was not from, that was not from us. So, yes, ma'am. Are there any other comments from homeowners towards to the board? Okay. With that, we'll close this open forum, and I'll entertain a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. 9.13 p.m. All in favor.